You are listening to the Chompcast, the official podcast of Sword Chomp. We know life is precious and your time is valuable. So thank you for making our show a part of your day. Hopefully you can return the favor by enhancing the grind of life just a little bit. You know, the Chompcast gives you double life experience points. It's true. Every show is streaming and downloadable at swordchomp.com, of course, where you can find our reviews, our merchandise, our Patreon, everything there, swordchomp.com. And obviously, if you love the show, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all the major podcast outlets. If you're on iTunes, leave a nice five-star rating. It means the world to us. Helps get the show out there. And if you're feeling really frisky, we have a Patreon that we'll tell you about later, patreon.com slash swordchomp. You know, <clears throat> in the in the gaming industry, crunch is a dirty word. Uh, but it's there more are than some, a candy bar. <laughs> yeah, you're on the right track there. You told me this was a cereal podcast. There, hey, hey, there are some positive forms of crunch. It's true, as you just alluded to, Rich, Captain Crunch. That, that's an important one. Right? Uh, nah, he's eh, on a throne of lies. You really shouldn't have led with that. Uh, Peanut butter Captain Crunch. There you go. You know, it, that's it much better up. because it also works as a snack. Like, mm. you can just put that in a cup without milk and it's still quite good. Yep. As an adult, too, Captain Crunch will fuck up the roof of your mouth, let me tell you. Looks up real bad. Um, you got, oh, this is probably not the best. You got Crunch and Munch. Hey, any Crunch and Munch fans here? I don't know what that is. It, it, that's the that's the you, Cracker Jack, but, but yes. not quite stuff. It's like the yeah, it's like the off-brand Cracker Jacks. Oh, yeah. my family was. Well I thought that off. was. A, I, I don't know. What I thought that, that was is. a secret mm. Russian. Well, it's sex weird. Act, it's like but... it's still a national <laughs> crunch and munch. Yeah, still a national thing, but not. But what? Like the toys were shittier. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, kind of like Let's or whatever. You know. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Let's of Cracker Jack. Uh, Shay, yeah, my wife called it Crunch and Munch before I realized what I was doing down there, so. But dun dun hmm. The pirate's booty. Too much teeth. <sighs> um, you have Crunch Bars, which Shay was talking about, you know? Who could forget about, I haven't had a Crunch Bar since I was seven years old, but they're out there, right? People eat Crunch Bars. Crunch Bars are good. Those Is that Nestle? Rice? Nestle yeah. Crunch Bars? Yeah. I mean, 50-50 yeah. there, yeah. It's actually pronounced Nestle, not Nestle. It's Nestle. <laughs> Shit. My bad. Are you you're fucking with me? I can't well, tell if you're fucking with me. Why don't you nestle this dick? You know? yeah, I, I almost got him. I was so close. No. You fucked with me too much now. and I I know. I, can't. I hadn't done it in a while. I was like, I maybe I can pull one over this time. I was you're just really... so non I was so blase about it. I was like, I guarantee I'm going to get him on this one. You were, you were close. Great path. You were close. Yeah. You were. Morgan, I'm, I'm proud of you. You're getting better. That's <sighs> what so my wife says every night. Uh, Who's um, she talking to? Maybe once or twice. She's talking a to you year. or the bed that she's been laying on. The progress is you finally get noticeable. Every night. It's the <laughs> vibrator. It's the vibrator. <laughs> like, she's this gets better every night. Like, thanks, honey. Uh, hey, I'm on the phone. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, you know, there's um in in Pokemon, there's a move called Crunch. It's the powerful form of the evolved move. Uh, it's an evolution of the move Bite. Is know? it? And. Uh, has a twenty percent chance. Moves of evolve now. Yeah, lowering your target's defense. Wow, I did not pay close enough attention on these last yeah, thirty-seven. It's, it's the evolved of move of it's you know as, it's the next form of bite. Mm, as the crunch. champion of our Pokemon tournaments, I'm surprised you didn't know that, Josh. Mm. 
Yeah, evolution probably wasn't the best word. I fucked that up a little bit. But thanks a lot for being a dick about it. You're welcome. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, crunch. Very good Pokemon move. Very strong dark move. Um, And of course, you know, if (laughs) I don't know why anyone would want to do this, but the crunch is a great exercise. If you're a sadist and you want to have a bulging abdomen and six-pack instead of a refined or beard dad. I think the goal is to not have a bulging abdomen. I think you specifically uh, well, do crunches toned. to avoid That's toned abdomen of bulge. bigger problems. But do, wouldn't you say that the packs themselves, the little sections, are to some degree bulging out from the body when flexed? Are you constantly flexing? Is that a problem you have? I mean, most people, if they're showing off their six-pack, are flexing. I mean, there's not as very many that are just sort of naturally... I don't think they're pushing out, though. They're sucking in, if anything, because they're trying to suck the extra skin and whatever residual fat they have back to show off those muscles. Yeah. We kind of suck in and push out. It's like, it's actually pronounced muscles. (laughs) (laughs) I have a true story for another day. I have a true story for another day, but uh, when I used to be in theater in high school, we uh, developed a pseudo one act play called muscles and uh, it, it killed. Brain cells, many brain cells that killed Three many people brain died. Cells. Oh, that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, the topic this week was inspired by a news article from Jason Schreier that set the internet ablaze, uh, where he came out and said last year the bosses of CD Projekt Red approached him for an interview and they wanted to announce that Cyberpunk 2077 um, would be a game in which they would be avoiding mandatory crunch. Um, but they sent out a email... Uh, the week that he tweeted this, that um, crunch was in fact mandatory and back, and people had thoughts. And plus, crunch crunch culture is something we talk about in the gaming industry a lot. I don't think we ever really talked about it on the podcast. So this should be fun. We also have some really big games so. to just <laughs> some big games to discuss as well. Uh, more Crash Four talk. Baldur's Gate Three Early Access. We got code for that. Thank you, Larian. Super Mario Brothers Thirty Five. Uh, no Man's Sky Origins update and more. But let's get to some introductions. You've already heard these gentlemen, you know, interrupting the intro back, which I like. I like that back and forth folly. Um, no, volley. Folly. <laughs> it's a little bit of a folly as well. Um, Rich is here from New York. Uh, speaking of crunch, Rich, uh, we didn't call our website sword crunch for no reason but rich we didn't you have a competing website for a while there when you were mad at us that you created swordcrunch.com that was a thing that, right that was not a thing um <laughs> crunch is bad um end of topic i guess that's a, I that's a talk bold more statement about swordcrunch.com i want to talk more about swordcrunch.com all well, right it's not a thing so i don't really have anything to add to that that it could be just, the name of our cereal <gasps> sword crunch with sword shaped marshmallows <laughs> there's marshmallows shaped like Wait, little swords and little mars- shark jaws and morgan's penis well hold on hold on first of all marshmallows Guys. aren't crunchy so what the fuck's wrong with your cereal <laughs> that doesn't make any sense uh, have you not eaten have lucky charms in the marshmallow past? in a cereal i mean they're not, they're not exactly soft but they're i wouldn't say they're crunchy there's well, a crunch. when they're really? dehydrated in cereal when they're dehydrated in cereal they're absolutely crunchy but i think for our sword Crunch cereal, there should be a micro penis toy in every box. Good luck finding it. He's got to be. 
You gotta we just careful. lie. We say it's you gotta in there, be careful not to swallow it because it's so the, small. Like, I can't find you might it. get lost in the it's cereal. It. On the back of the box, you have to help Morgan escape the maze. You know, when I was younger, I was really into those um, all those contests as a kid where you do like this stupid mail. You cut out the thing on the back of the cereal box and you mail it in for like the toy. You know, it was like really elaborate. Oh man, you were a mark. Uh, I, I really was. They saw you coming from a mile away. Oh, uh, but it was so fun. You eat your cereal and you look at the back of the box oh, and you yeah. go, "Oh, if I eat thirty-seven boxes of this and cut them out and, and mail it them back, eighteen ninety-five shipping and handling." <laughs> well, I got nothing I get to do this, this weekend. Glow in the dark. Uh, whatever the fuck it was, something stupid. No, no, it's true though. Well, actually, it now is. that I think about it, I can't remember if I sent in for them. I think they just put them in the box. But the uh, the tricks color change spoons. I those were the, in the box. Those were in the box. See, like that's that's where the real shit is. Yeah. The ones where they're yes. not like, hey, yeah, hey, don't, why, don't, why don't, don't you waste all your time room. and convince your mom to buy the same horrible cereal for three years running for you to get uh-huh. this mail off of this thing? But yeah, the the stuff in the box. Those those little tricks, color chain spoons are amazing. They actually made these these bowls, Josh. I ordered. They were baseball team helmets, but they were cereal bowls, and I still have hmm. one for the Braves. Yeah. They were really cool. Strange that you have it on you at all times. I went to my closet. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when you're going to need to eat out of a, <laughs> a big, an Atlanta Braves uh, bull helmet. You know, I guess that's, that's true. It's survival of the fittest. On some level. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, I just imagine you, you... do never know when that's going to need when that's going to come up. You, almost never. Mm-hmm. I, I did, whenever I wrote the sword uh, crunch joke that you deflected, sadly, um, I did have it in my fantasy mind that you had somehow created a warring faction against us before we absorbed you and you, when you went to swordcrunch.com it was just one giant picture of Sonic the Hedgehog 3 well no um, I'm, I wouldn't do that that's game. a bad game I'm really <laughs> it just said on, Sonic I, 3 is on. a bad game I want game. to go that's back it. for a moment you you wrote a joke you, you spent a lot of time writing a joke well joke is with, debatable with the Let intention that Rich would come up with a punchline later on <laughs> That's Joshua Fowler, by the way. From so yes, you wrote Josh, a you wrote a setup. I did, Josh. Okay. I did. I t- a lot of a lot of times it's just a little nibble, and I just see how you guys take it. It's like a seed. I plant the seed, like I plant my seed, <laughs> and mm, I, so I. That was another plant- nibble. There is what that was. You're implying that you like. You oh, I, I'm dirt? confused. This metaphor has changed three times. It's a nibble. It's a seed. It's his sperm. Which is it? Alec, he doesn't know what it is. Um. <laughs> Morgan, now, for example, if we wanted to make this joke a little more tactful, what I would have done was, ahead of time, I would have purchased the website um, for swordcrunch.com, and uh, I would have put up an image that was simply the four of us with false mustaches. It's too, it's too, it's too much. That's too much work. But I like it. I can just grow a real mustache. Well, this is why you're never going to win, man. You're not willing to put in the effort. I mean, you're right. You're right. I need to, that's the kind of thing I need to re- reprioritize. Yeah. Uh, that's, I, I really do like at the end of the, at the end of my lifespan, I will die. And at the gates, when I am judged, you just couldn't win in life, Morgan, cause you weren't willing to create the fake website with the fake. Yeah. Mustache. You were so worried about like your family and shit, but you could have been buying fake websites and spending hours making a dummy website for a joke. Three people would like. It's true. I should have learned. Uh, Josh ran away for the record, not on a break. Uh, walked. <laughs> Uh, Shay Layton is joining us uh, from Japan. 
Um, I am. Can you believe that? Can you believe that, Shay? He just he just walked out on us. Boom, gone. Um, <sighs> you know, no, I I can't believe it. I'm beside myself with rage and fury. Um, I wish nothing but ill things to happen to Josh's gaming chair. I hope that when he sits down, it makes a farting noise and it embarrasses him in front of his family. I hope that when he sits down on it, it makes a squeaking noise that just won't stop and it scares him in a video game. You look like such a fool. What a freaking idiot. I hope. I hope. Uh, Yeah, it's just Josh's empty chair there. Uh, Shay, are you able to focus tonight? I know the NBA Finals are on right now and I'm just worried that you're not going to be able to give us your full attention because you want to see LeBron win that ring so badly. No, People you know what? In the streets. Here's the thing: is little do you know that I will be watching the entire time. I know. I, <laughs> I kind of know. That. Oh, I'm I sorry. Know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to anyone who's not going to get the best version of me, but. It's game five of the NBA finals and half of the people were just like, I don't give a fuck. It's not video games. I just tuned out. But um, truth of the matter is I love NBA and I love basketball. So I got to be tuned in because it's probably going to be LeBron's fourth ring and that's a big deal. So I want to watch. And if you don't like it, you can email us at swordchomp at gmail.com and let us know all about how angry you are. Well, well, we'll see when Josh gets back. I was going to say, tell Josh in his intro, by the way, I'm General Mountain Time Morgan here from Montana. I was going to tell Josh to try and be nice to our listeners today because we were going to read some comments about Crunch, and I didn't want Josh to get too upset with our audience. Do you want to um, get but, those out of the way now, then? Well, just, yeah, read the, find the ones that are really going to make Josh mad before he comes back. I think... I think what he did, actually, is, you know, you assumed he ran away. I think what he's actually doing right now is he was just so pissed off by you saying that marshmallows don't crunch. So he's going to the store to not only buy a box of Lucky Charms, but he's buying a box of peanut butter toast, not peanut butter toast crunch, peanut butter Captain Crunch, whatever the fuck it is. And he's going to eat both of them live on air to prove a point. He should have said something. I have both of those in my kitchen. (laughs) Do you really? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, you're you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, I wouldn't really... I just don't think of the marshmallows as crunchy. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but they're crunchy adjacent. They're like... They're tough. They're you a little sound tough. so stupid. <laughs> they're tough. They're tough to eat. Um, you know, and... Such a, such a they're fucking s- loser. Doesn't even know that the Lucky, marsh, lucky Charms, Lucky <laughs> Marshmallows Crunch. That's a mouthful. That's what she said. And that's enough. Oh, smack, smack, bit. sugar, smack. Give me a smack and I'll smack you back. Next segment. S- smacks. That's the one with the frog in the front. All right. Let's get oh, to it. Oh, God. Those shits were terrible. They're gross. Yeah, they're gross. Yeah. They get very Who? soggy very fast. I don't and they think just taste, um, they taste, uh, they just tasted like ass. Actually, Not literal them. ass, but yeah. figurative ass. Uh, they had a cool frog on the, co- I always thought the frog was cute, but I just, his name was Diggum. And really? he was the Sugar Smacks frog. Uh, are you telling the truth? See, now I'm I telling never you know the truth. You, are... what, you think I fucking lie? I know more about cereal mascots than you know about your own family. Mm, okay. Who's the mascot for one of the most underappreciated cereals of all time? Uh, 
crunchy <laughs> shit i forgot the so name you didn't, you're making shit up now no no it's a re- it's it's a really crunchy oat cereal they're like squares iago the parrot from aladdin Fuck. done next question no it doesn't matter i'll find the cereal later by the way um sweetios so, the cereal that sweet- i just made up <laughs> iago's sweetios that's With a, a walmart in brand, every right? box sweetios? Is that a good sure sweetios? i don't know i don't know i've been to walmart in four years man i haven't lived in america for four years i couldn't tell you I don't go to Walmart because it's like off-brand Target. <laughs> Look at me! <laughs> oh, putting, that's what it's putting called. Putting my Cracklin nose oats. into the Cracklin, air, thumbing myself up. Cracklin, Cracklin Oat Brand. That's what it's called. Cracklin oh, yeah. Oat is seriously underrated. I love that. His name is uh, is cra- it's Crackle. Cracklin Oat, and there is no mascot. It's just it's above. Their mascot, mascot is Mike Pence. <laughs> No, it's the Rich, fly. No, there. Uh, <laughs> let's move on before I make really bad jokes. Yeah, I was gonna bake a poll about that next week anyway. So here's the deal: you're, you're gonna bake a poll. Um, <laughs> next question. Um, you know, once this came out, it was Westbrook. We have a lot of comments on the Instagram page. I'm going to talk about with you guys, but I think crunch is a very interesting thing to discuss. I know we had. Uh, an interesting conversation even before about how we were going to bring this up in an interesting way because you know I don't think any of us think that the idea of people having to you know bust their asses working seven days a week to the point where they're missing times with their their families and leave that is like a positive thing necessarily I don't think any of us feel that way um one might say it's a negative thing one may say that one may say that but uh man People have strong opinions on this. Let me on the you. internet? I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Ryan was here, the first comment. Jason blocks almost anyone who doesn't agree or worship him and has a shrine to him on Twitter. There you go. So <laughs> we're starting yeah. things off hot. Um, of course, I do the same thing. I block everyone that doesn't build a shrine to me on Twitter. I mean, this is a logical thing to do. So literally, you've blocked all of Twitter. It's crazy. Yeah. I have zero followers. No, that's not true. Rich is one of my followers. I have like five or six. So. Hold on, I'm going to unfollow you. <laughs> well, he's like, hold on, I made a grievous error, and I need to undo this. Um, <laughs> error in judgment. <laughs> no, okay, so here's my honest take on this, and this is what I tweet about, and I want to get you guys' thoughts on this subject. I think there's one thing that's important to get right off the bat that people never really contextualize enough, and that's that every company out there that has a form of crunch probably has very different degrees of it with, with some companies, it could just be an extra day here and there with some companies. Maybe it is really some overbearing hellacious thing. Who knows? Maybe if you work for CD project red, even though they're in crunch, maybe if you were like, Hey, my, it's my daughter's birthday this weekend. They're like, you know what? Absolutely. Go take that time off. Be their family. We don't know unless we're right there in the family. We can only gather what the information that's given to us, from some of the reporting and what have you, but I think it's fair to say that well, all these companies are going to operate in different degrees of crunch, right? No, um, because I think when we say the words crunch, we're talking about something very specific, and that's mandatory overtime. Uh, like, yeah, I, 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 what you're saying is just you're talking about normal overtime. There's plenty of studios that offer normal overtime being obviously we want to get this product out the door so if you're willing to work saturdays for the overtime come in 
when you say the words crunch, we're talking about mandatory overtime, which is, you know, mm-hmm. for the next four weeks, the next five weeks, everybody's got to be here. Okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's something that's kind of been misconstrued on social media, and I think that's kind of more indicative of a, bit of a bigger problem that we don't really need to talk about. But um, when people hear the words overtime or crunch they immediately assume like the worst and i think that's warranted because it's been documented in gaming culture that crunch is a real thing and it's a very detrimental thing um we we witnessed the kind of the reveal of that during and we've talked about this multiple times on the show is the indie game the movie when team meat had to basically crunch to get their game out super meat boy in time for the xbox summer summer showcase essentially and it it was very detrimental to their mental and physical health and granted that was kind of self-implemented but when a studio like an executive forces this crunch on the smaller people yeah it's a, it's a very very negative thing but i think it's kind of been misconstrued in both media and social media as of late and i think that's both a good and bad thing and what i mean by that is i think that because a lot of people can have their voice be heard now that if there's any inkling of something bad they want to bring it to light because sometimes that's all that people can do is bring awareness everybody has a different level of what they can do to offset and prevent something and i think that's one of those things so if there's a sniff or a whiff or an inkling of crunch people are going to come to the defense of the workers because they realize that there are these workers that are super passionate on working on these games but also i think that like rich is saying normal overtime is sometimes lumped into that and i think specifically um with this that's a tweet, different story when you're offering uh, overtime. referencing yeah. cyber yeah, I mean, and that, that was the case of this Cyberpunk 2077 thing, is that it wasn't mandatory crunch like it was originally reported. It was actually a, something that was discussed by everybody. It was overtime, and that's what happened. And, but, I mean, that's this specific instance. We're, we're not here to talk about specifically this so instance. So he reported, so you're just saying that Jason, Repire, Jason Schreier reported that incorrectly. Is that what you're saying? No, that's not what happened, though. Like, I don't know where you're getting that information from. The email specifically says that it is a mandatory overtime for four or five weeks, whatever it is. Are you talking to me or Morgan? Like, in general. Like, like well, Jason, no, Shane Jason's said that it, it initially came out that it was mandatory, and then he said that it was, ta- it was sort of people thought they it was might have walked it back. But it was well, mandatory. What were you I referring to, Shay? Can you go, go elaborate I'm on saying that, that yes, it was mandatory. Yeah, I, I'm saying, yes, it was mandatory, but it was also something that was discussed. Initially, it was reported, and this part is correct, that um, the company had contacted him and said, like, we are not going to force any kind of crunch. And then, uh, obviously, that wasn't entirely true, which is the worst part, I think, about the whole situation. Like, they reached out to him to say that this wasn't going to happen, and it ended up happening, unfortunately. Yeah. But also... Uh, they were told there was going to be some mandatory overtime, but it wasn't like what we think of when we think of crunch. You know, crunch is like we think of like the last few months. People are forced 
to stay in for long hours. They're not compensated for it to get a game out. And that wasn't entirely the case here. They are going to be compensated for it. It wasn't an extremely long time. Yes, they are going to miss some Saturdays because it is mandatory overtime, but it isn't the case where they are being forced to stay in the studio for 16 hours to work on a game every day like we think of when we think of crunch. So what I'm saying mm -hmm. is that the initial reporting isn't false. I'm saying the degree to which was claimed that it was going to be this level of crunch was blown out of proportion. So yeah, it was maybe misleading, if anything. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. In a very oh, long-winded way. And to be fair, I mean, a pro, a pro and a con, I'm sure, Jay, I mean, to, to what Jason's doing, like... Or anyone in this industry or whatever you're doing, you're trying it's it's a tough line. And I know people are afraid to say how they feel about these things sometimes, but you do you're not trying to be sensationalist, but to some degree you are trying to um you know, write articles that are gonna grab people's attention. So when he comes out there and he says, This week they sent out an email to staff announcing studio wide mandatory crunch and everyone loses their shit and then Shay's like, Well, let's honestly it was a little bit misleading it was you know people were aware of it it crunches it's not kind of it's not little it's completely by calling it crunch i mean okay that's completely so so you could i don't think that's misleading at all i definitely do i absolutely do no all i'm saying is if you're going to be compensated for if it's not an extended period of time and it's for something that you've been working on for years to get done and it's for a few weeks I mean, what's the big deal? I, it, it's a little bit more work, and yes, it's taking you away from your family, but it's not like it's multiple months of something. It's not like it's, like I said, they're being forced to stay in the studio for 14, 16 hours every day to where it's going to drastically impact their health. I, I, I don't see the, yeah, I, the major issue there. I, I think the, the issue is it's, it's not the degrees of it, it's that it's happening at all. Like they're not looking for a fucking cure for cancer. They're making a video game. Like, right. It's going to take how long it's going to take. Hmm. Well, I just don't think implementing well, here's that kind of mandatory overtime should ever be on the table. Right. Like, right. But you need, you need to look at it from this way, this point of view. Think about a few months back when we found out cyberpunk 27 was going to be delayed. You and me and Josh were like, that's fine. Well, actually, you and me were like, that's fine. Josh was like, I don't give a shit because he's not really that much <laughs> looking forward to the game. Let's be honest. I but cry. Morgan, specifically, and like, I'm not throwing you under the bus here, Morgan. I'm using you as a point. Morgan was pissed. He was irate. He's like, I want this game now. I'm irate that it's being delayed. There are millions of people out there that are like that. Now... Granted, we can say, well, that's shitty that people wouldn't want to be, be patient, you know. A million may have been an exaggeration, to be honest with you. Um, people are irate that it got delayed. And there are obviously other people who are like you and me, Rich, who are like, yeah, take, your, take the time you need. Yeah. And at the, at the end of the day, I'm of the same, the same feeling. But at the end of the day, we also have to realize that they probably ideally would like to release it around the release of the new console. That's when they're going to make a ton of money. It's well, going to be one of the first games on the new console. Ideally would of like. course they want to be rid What? What was that? That's ideally what their publisher would like. 
And, right. And exactly. That's what you're talking about, like through the idea of like all these pushbacks and stuff, and all that can be traced back to publisher pressure, which is, I think, indicative of the bigger problem. Like working these people like mad isn't the solution to any of this. It's setting yeah. more realistic goals for stuff like this to begin with. Absolutely. Absolutely. My 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 case here is not whether or not it's right or wrong. My case here is more along the lines of can we call it a quote unquote crunch? Yeah, and like that's can. kind of and I don't know if we can because uh, crunch for me whenever I hear crunch I assume like they're not going to be compensated. They're being That's never they, the case though. That they, that's not not never, but like just because they're being compensated, that doesn't make it okay. Well, here, hold, hold on, hear me out. Here's all I'm saying. When I hear crunch, I hear they're not being compensated. It's going to be an extended period of time, later hours, more days of working. Uh, from my understanding, from what I've read, they're not being forced to work longer hours. They're being forced to work the same amount of hours, just one extra day for That's a few Saturdays. hours. Hold on. What I'm saying is longer hours each day. Instead of like an eight-hour workday, it's a 12-hour workday. It's a 14-hour workday. That's what I'm yeah. saying. I, it's a few extra Saturdays. Now, they're going to be compensated pretty handsomely for that. Now, I'm not saying that makes it right or wrong. I'm saying that that is the fact there. They are being compensated pretty handsomely. So when I hear that, it's hard for me to look at it as crunch versus some of the other studios where that have had reportings of crunch, like Naughty Dog, like um, Rockstar, where they have forced their workers to work longer daily hours, longer hours weekly for no extra compensation. And it's it's been more egregious. Now, it's uh, definitely not, worse. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to say it is or it, I did say it isn't crunch at first. And I think I'm going to tread that back a little bit. I think that was a little bit too definitive there. I don't know if we could classify this as crunch or just being as overtime at the well, end of the day. That's, well, that's what I'll tell the, you, I think to me, crunch is any mandatory overtime. I think we're just arguing semantics at that point. If you are being told you need to work six days a week and you don't have a choice in the matter, like, that's crunch. Well, okay, but let me ask you this, Rich. Like, um... There's very, I mean, even even in the professions I've had, you know, overtime is not an uncommon thing, mandatory overtime to some degree in spurts, whether it's like a month at a time or like during a, a maybe a company has something yeah. really big. And I don't up. think like, it's right in any case there. So you're it's, anti-overtime always. I'm anti-mandatory overtime. Okay. Interesting. Let's see. That's your, okay. I was it's trying one to thing give... to offer overtime to employees who are willing to go, hey, we will give you more money if you want to come in six days a week. To tell somebody they suddenly have to work six days a week, they have to work 12-hour days. Like, fucking labor in... It's just... Forced labor is wrong. Well, it's shitty. Yeah, it's not a that, way to treat that, your employees. That I will agree with. That, that I will agree with. The, the And this is my biggest issue with the whole thing is... Granted, I don't know what the contract was. I, I, I'm not, I haven't witnessed it. I haven't looked at it. Yeah, anything none like of that. us can speak to that. Right. Here's all I'm going to say. If on the contract it said there is a possibility down the line that you may have to work six days a week. There haven't been, as far as I know, to this point, and I could be wrong because I haven't mm -hmm. seen it. Maybe there was or wasn't on the contract saying like you may have there to work a few extra Saturdays before. Now, 
is that still wrong if someone accepts the job knowing that's a possibility? I don't think so. Because you were willing to accept that at that point. Within reason. Within reason. I'm not I'm the, not, not going to give autonomy to the publishers there to be like, well, we put it in our contract, so we're working you seven days a week, 12 hours a day. Well, yeah, that's um, just it. I go, it's in the contract. Like, I get it. They agreed to it. That doesn't make it right. And, like, I, I don't like the idea of holding that over people's heads, especially in an industry where there are people lined up on the streets ready to take those jobs and be treated like a sack of shit, but they work in video games. Like, and a lot of people have that attitude. They're like, you know, if you don't want to put up with it, there's people who want your jobs. Yes, and that's why people can be treated this way, and that's shitty. Okay, well, th- oh, no, me, I, if I, I could say a couple, I agree. A couple things here. Yeah, go, I, go for it. I think the tricky thing is, though, when you think about coming to the finish line with these sorts of things, my understanding was that CD Projekt Red was doing a, a much better job, but hence with the delays of the game itself. Oh, I don't think and, it's reprehensible what and, they've been doing. I agree with you, like, and, from my understanding. but and, and, you know, I imagine that even once, even if you kept pushing the game, I would imagine what happens is because of the nature of trying to fix last minute bugs and stuff, that once a game goes gold and you're in that sort of home stretch, you just want to make sure that everything's. T- it's kind of like if we were. I mean, it's kind of like whenever we're putting out a show or doing something as well, like right at the very end, you just you give it that extra attention even more than you should because you want to make sure right before it goes live that it's ready to go. So I, I feel like. One interesting thing I was listening to um, Alana's uh, podcast, uh, Play, Watch, Listen, and they had Troy Baker on there and Austin Winter and a bunch of people. And I, I bring up that show a lot because I really love it. But they talk about how they felt like sometimes people in the industry come out with these articles to you – know, it's not indicative of how everyone in that studio feels, but a lot of them were saying that they – were want to work those hours anyway because they are passionate about what they're doing. Like they want to work ten hours a day. They want to come in on the weekend because they're passionate about the thing they're making, and that's value too, right? Like in our in our world, if you want to make it, if you want to have a competitive product, if we look at what we're doing, if we if we want Sword Chomp to go anywhere, we have to work harder than people, and and we have to put in more time than we should. I have to sacrifice time with my family, even though I make. Less than like what fifty dollars a month or something like that. Once it's split away and all hey, this don't stuff, give away the keys of the kingdom. Um, and we and I love our patrons to death, and 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 as we grow, hopefully that does change. That's our goal, right? But what I'm saying is that those sort of sacrifice, if you want to survive in a world where everyone's working their hardest, it's gonna kind of have to happen. Otherwise, it's it's just the nature of the business. That's just how I feel. I, I don't think those two things are like I get your points and some of it's comparable, but I don't think it's entirely comparable because we are self-employed through what we're doing here. Whereas companies such some as some animator, uh, CD, CD Project, Project Red, Red, yeah, they have a division, they have a department that is supposed to oversee this stuff. That is their job to do that. And if it's not being done, then that is a problem. And that is to Rich's point that they should foresee this, and in theory. If they have to do any kind of forced overtime, then they should be planning it out better. Ideally, there would never need to be overtime, you know, in a perfect world. Well, what I'm telling you, what I'm asking you though, Shay, is like, what if... If I could ask you this, what about what if it's just something with the nature of video games where like, even if you do your best, once that game goes gold and you're in that last month, you just... 
to make sure every, it's just the nature of the beast when you're dealing with well, games. Well, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get to that point. So, um, you know, if, if it's getting to the point to where you are having to force overtime, I, th- I think, you know, for some people, they do want to work overtime because they want to see something done. And that's, again, to Rich's point, that it should never be forced. It should be offered. Now, again, we don't know the specifics of the contract, but in terms of what you're asking, Morgan, them feeling any kind of pressure because they've gone gold or whatever, whatever the fuck, that's not for the individuals to necessarily worry about that's a company thing and if they feel the pressure and they're forcing that on someone else i could see the problem existing there i could see where people would be bothered by that and um if it's not discussed in their contract that's that's fairly egregious of an issue to be honest with you i i don't think just because they feel the pressure of having sold a bunch or whatnot, that they should force other workers to do that. But at the same time, if if they're being compensated for it and it's not egregious, I have a harder time be, having an issue with the crunch. If they're being compensated properly, if it's not egregious, I have less... I don't want to say less empathy, because I still have empathy in that situation. I just have less of a problem with it at the end of the day personally but i also see why Um, other people would have an issue with it i really do let's uh yeah let's get let's throw some comments in here so we can have time to respond to them um b millie 549 by the way these were all left on the at sword chomp instagram page so let's see what people had to say b millie 549 said nothing is ever going to be good enough things can always be polished and improved so therefore there will always be crunch in their opinion development staffs will get paid for this and they know um, what they're going into when they take the job. Plenty of jobs that don't require it. There are plenty of jobs that don't require it. Get a new job if you do not like working the long hours. My wife is a nurse and is just about to go on to a four-night shifts of 12-hour shifts. I'm pretty sure plenty of nurses would prefer working from 9 to 5. I, 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 get, the, see, the, I get the mentality. Is, uh, something I hear a lot. Where the, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I get the mentality. Going. I don't like... I don't like it because it's granted there are jobs out there, but if somebody's trained for years and years to be in an industry and then they get shitty conditions presented to them, go out and get a new job is not the answer there. That is not holding the companies and industries industry accountable at that point. You're just saying, well, if you don't like it, tough shit. And it's the same, it's the same mentality. It's the same for like being a nurse as well. Like it's it, just, it, it shouldn't be that way for any. no, and it's well, it's, a, no, but, it's the same it's the same mentality. Not to get political, but if someone's like, oh, if you don't like this about our country, go fucking live in another country. It's the same mentality, and it's a piss poor mentality. You should be able to analyze something, and say, look, there are these issues; they do exist. Yes, of course, I could go get another job. Yes, of course, I could go live in another country. But I care so much about this job, about this country, about this situation, whatever it may be, that I want to analyze it and hope for something better. Now, does that mean my version of that is better? Not necessarily. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Maybe some combination of mine and other people's opinions are a better version. But if it's something that isn't working for a lot of people, then yes, it needs to be able to stand to criticism. And so what I'm talking about is in terms of crunch, it has been an issue in the industry for some time. 
and it's been documented. And yes, um, playing like being able to create video games, I think a lot of people take for granted how difficult a job like that really is. And there's a lot of technological and um, mechanical things going on there. It's shit that I don't even understand. And for someone to be like, oh, I'll just go get another job. I don't like that mentality because then it doesn't allow the industry and these companies to stand to criticism that needs to be there because then that makes the industry better. It does as a hold. whole. It makes it better for not only the workers, but the people who enjoy those games. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Shay. Like basically what you're saying is we're just brushing off the idea of holding the people at the top accountable and saying, yes. well, this is what the workers have to put up with and they should just deal with it. And that goes for, like I was saying, nurses and everything too. Like, workers rights across the board should be a priority like this is a country that is built on the backbone of labor like the people at the top don't get shit without the people at the bottom working as hard as they do and they need to like i feel like i'm getting super political with this i don't need to me to do that but uh like you need to be looking out for your employees for workers um yeah absolutely well, I- I, I will say this. I get what the, I get the logic behind it because especially with nurses are actually saving people lives and video. But, but I, I do agree with what you guys are saying. You don't want people to just be like, well, I'm, but at, there is to some degree level of empowerment. If, in, if, if, if you're getting treated, I can tell you from personal experience, I always felt like I was being treated very poorly by a company that was a large company and I left and I was able to file and get unemployment because of how I was treated. I feel like if you genuinely do feel like you are not being treated uh, fairly or in an inhumane way, I think you can, and and it's not something you want to do. I think there are avenues for people to take, right? I mean, there are things you can do if it's a serious enough thing. So, hello, this is Josh from the future. I was unable to be here for this section of the show and uh, needed to get a correction in real quick. Uh, no, voluntarily quitting your job is not a protected reason to collect unemployment in most states. Uh, So no, you can't just quit your employment because of poor treatment at work. America is a much bigger fan of slavery than workers' rights. So this is uh, not, not quite correct. I know that the reason Jason Schreier would probably come out and say the reason why he wants to write these articles is because he wants to change that in the industry, right? Um, he wants to see more accountability from these companies. And from all accounts, we are seeing a lot of improvement. Um, but at the end of the day, like you're saying, if you just, <laughs> I mean, Jason tweeted like a couple days later that he was excited to go buy the game. So it's like, at the end of the day, if we all just run out and buy the game anyway, because we really want to play it, then that's sort of the same thing of giving these companies the verification. Or the... I also don't feel like the then just don't buy it thing is a solid argument either, because then all these people it's, who are it's along the same lines. themselves have worked for nothing. But, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying you should. I'm just saying that at the end of the day, if, if people just complain about it and then run out and buy the game on day one, what is it really doing? What are you, what are you really doing? How much progress? I don't you think making? you're really not buying the game. Doesn't fix it. <laughs> Well, okay, then how do you fix it? We by holding people accountable, by making people answer for this shit, like fighting for workers' rights, unionizing the industry. Mm-hmm. And you, because what I see is mostly just it seems to be just a lot of noise on the internet and a lot of people that are coming out and sort of clarifying things. Hey, anyway, let's get into that in a second. That's that's an interesting. I meant that as sort of a 
a rhetorical question, but I want us to be able to answer that. Um, Radical. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want you to. I didn't want you to jump in. That was not right a rhetorical away. question. You threw yeah, it. Didn't like the answer and called it rhetorical. Come on. I, I Come don't. On. No, I don't. I don't dislike the answer. That's not true. I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with what he's saying. I. But the re. What I'm saying is the reason why crunch exists and has still existed in our industry for so long. We still keep bringing it. Seeing people bring it up, even though there are a lot of professions where people work like crazy and you don't hear it talked about. Is there is this idea. Mm. that because it's people are in the gaming industry or there's like this, like a little bit of a coddling there. You can see in a lot of these comments I'm going to read where people are like, yeah, these people are work nine to five of their computer. For example, let me read this next one. You'll see what I'm saying. Um, Radically fly said, these aren't just jobs for most of these people. These are careers. They require dedication, super hard work. And at this point, if you're going to get um, just into a studio, it should be expected that, if your game is a true piece of art, like Cyberpunk 2077, maybe, it takes passion to make that happen. Actors spend months away from their families filming all over the world. Yet devs get upset because they have to stay at work longer to create a mark on this world, create art. You still get to go home to your bed at night, to your family or your friends, to some degree. There are hundreds of careers that require this passion, dedication, and commitment. I feel devs should be expecting this if you really are invested in your career and your creation. And then he said, Morgan, you have a beautiful family. I don't know why he said that. It was very nice. Um, <laughs> but uh, but I feel like you made that last part up. What about it? What about the idea that, you know, it's when you are creating art, you know, it's a little bit different than just if you are dead dedicated. Like this isn't you're going to Dairy Queen to and this is not to degrade people that work fast food jobs. I mean, one of my part time jobs is I, I'm a delivery man. OK, so don't take this the wrong way. But, <laughs> um, and I've heard all the, but, but these are, uh, there's a difference between what I do necessarily and what a lot of people would consider a career well, that's, and the passion and dedication it would take to my career. That's fair, but you can burn out on anything. Like not everybody lives to work. Like people need to be people. You can't expect the best work out of somebody if they're working, you know, 12 hour days, six days a week, nonstop. Like. It doesn't matter what you're making. It's very easy to burn out on it. You need to, like, mental health, physical health, all these things mm -hmm. are affected by this. But yeah. don't you think we're kind of, to some degree, speaking for people we don't know? We don't know if how, the, how these employees feel in general. We don't know if they're happy. We don't know if they're upset. We don't know if they're... Why, why are we so comfortable generalizing that these employees are not being treated properly because there have they been, might be... there have been cases that have come out where people have talked about crunch. Think about the whole Telltale situation where all the a bunch of people have come out and talked about the crunch issues that were there and then the money issues that happened there. Uh, it's there have been lots of documented cases of people talking about crunch the employees. Now, can we apply it to specifically this situation? No, and that's why I kind of wanted to steer away from just specifically talking about Cyberpunk 2077 CD Project, yeah. and CG, yeah, CD yeah. Project that's Red. That's what started it, but, but yes, yes. Yeah, exactly. I I think that with um kind of what this commenter is saying i think there is some validity to that that there are some jobs that requ require that and it's kind of like you go in knowing that but also i and again we don't know all this i feel like some of those jobs are adequately compensated 
if I'm an actor and I'm going to work on set for six months, I'm being compensated pretty, pretty fairly for it. If I'm a player in, in the NBA and I just spent the past three months in the NBA bubble down in Orlando, Florida, I'm making millions of dollars. And granted, some people are going to be like, money isn't everything. I wholly and completely agree with you. Time is just as important as money to me. To other people, money in that situation is more important and values lie differently in terms of game developers and the people who work um, on different aspects. More often than not, it's been documented that they are not compensated for any kind of forced overtime. And that is the main issue there. They're not being compensated for it appropriately. They're being forced to work. And when you work on something like a video game, I believe, and this can be true of anything, um, when you're working on something that is art, I feel like on average, someone is putting a lot more of their heart and soul into it. They become more intertwined with it. And of course, you're going to want to be involved in that because you're going to want to see it through because you know it's a piece of art at the end of the day. So you want to see that actualized. And to not only not be appreciated by being forced to work overtime... But you are also not being compensated adequately for it. Of course, that that's going to be well, an issue for some people. And but to, but that's why I, I think what you're kind of trying to say the same thing, Shay. Almost, I'm going to say it less nicely. To literally just say like, "Oh, well, you're making art, so you need to sacrifice." Is just pretentious bullshit. Yeah. Well, no, but it's it's just sort of explaining the the logic behind why people feel that level of dedication why like if you had a dream job like it'd be difficult for me to tear myself away from a dream job if I were to get it as well you well know, like- here's here's the here's the difference Morgan let me put it to you this way um Van Gogh would lean over an easel for hours painting a picture there wasn't a middle manager standing behind him telling him that he needed to finish it before he could go home. Well, but again, that's why the very first thing I said to start this thing off that was dismissed, which is frustrating, is that every the varying degrees of crunch with every company is different. And you were just like, no, mandatory overtime no matter what is bad. And what I'm saying is that... Which Shay's I still stand that, by. And that's fine. I, and you're absolutely entitled to that. What I'm saying is that Shay was jumping to another case where it was not quite so great. But, you know, in the cyberpunk situation, he felt like they were being compensated and it seemed like something he was more comfortable with. What I'm saying is that every case is a little different. Um, I'm not disagreeing that theirs probably wasn't as egregious, but I still don't think it's right. Uh, Hakuna Matata 522, one of our patrons and friends. Let's see. Oh, poor game devs. Many different types of workers crunch every day. Essential workers are crunching every day right now. I've been rocking 12 hours a day for I don't know how long. Nobody's forced in the work at CD Projekt Red. From what I hear, they're getting paid extremely well. Ah, the boomer argument. It's The classic standby. That is the... Life sucked for me. Suck it up. So it's... Yeah, I, I had one of those classic uh, bosses who, who, like you were kind of saying there, Josh, like talking about like student loan forgiveness. And they're like, I had to pay my student loans. Why should they? Like, it, things were hard for me, so they shouldn't be better for anyone else is not. No, a good, yeah, like, the solution is it should have been better for everyone. Yeah. No, but I think the the larger point that I think people are missing, because I know, <laughs> I know what you guys say, is that what I think he's trying to say, and what other people try to say is that, you know, I have a really lame job, and if we're busy, I will not go home sometimes for two hours after when so I'm do, supposed that to. That shouldn't happen to us um, either. Well, hold, hold on. Hold on. 
Um, I remember all the companies I've worked for, including the a big health company that I was just telling you about, definitely would on occasion have those mandatory Saturdays, and I did not I did not like because I actually did not like the job. I don't know what that would be like with the job I like. My point is, and what all these people are bringing up, is that it's not realistic based on on you know business expectations that people are never going to work not work mandatory overtime and because everyone in the world is doing it to some degree in some capacity it's hard to feel empathy for other people Here's, in that way it Morgan, is though because it, productivity has gone up and up and up and no one's getting paid for it except the people who aren't actually doing any work that's just it like People start to turn on each other and be like, why should they have it easier? These, the employees at CD Projekt Red are not your enemy. Your boss is your fucking enemy. Like, why are you turning on these people just working their jobs? It's the people at the top collecting the big paychecks that are the problem, not some animator at CD Projekt Red. And that's kind of what I ultimately wanted to get to as well, is that... If I know I'm going to be making millions of dollars off of a, vi a video game and I choose to, and granted, this is indicative of many corporations, you withhold majority of that money when the workers did a lot of the work and they're not compensated adequately. That's when crunch gets really fucking disgusting and nasty. And in terms of this, I love Hakuna, love you, buddy. But I don't agree with you on this situation. It's exactly what Josh said, is that because certain industries are expected to work more or work what they would consider harder, doesn't mean that other industries, other jobs need to have that same mentality because they're different. You know, I one job is not comparable to another job in many different situations. If I am, like Morgan is saying, if I am a pizza delivery person, I can't compare myself to a soldier who goes and fights in a war in a different country and talk about, well, you know what? If, if the soldiers got to work, you know, these many hours and I got to work these many hours because they're different jobs. They're, com they're not comparable. In that situation, we should not have a standardized version of what we think is hard work or what is acceptable across all industries because then that doesn't consider the necessities of each job and each person. And that's kind of also what we're talking about here is that by forcing crunch, by forcing long overtime hours, you are not considering the needs of each individual person. And some people are going to argue, well, you know what? Sometimes the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And that's a difference in perspective and that's a difference in morals and that's a difference in life mantra. And I'm, not, I'm never going to sit here and try and convince somebody otherwise, but I think we need to have in certain jobs and certain disciplines the ability to make way for all the different lifestyles of different ways of thinking and by expecting people like game devs to just simply work through crunch because it's what they want to do and other industries do it is unfair because it's a different industry it's a different kind of work and there are different people that work there and you shouldn't hold the employees accountable you should hold the uppers the the, the management the uh, the executives accountable, not only of video games, but if you're working egregiously long hours that you don't want to be work, 
working, hold your executives of your job, not you specifically, Hakuna, but also including you, them accountable. Yeah, no, because the fact of the matter is, like, you, you sh- like, speaking specifically to Hakuna, you shouldn't be forced into that situation either. It sucks that you are. Yeah. It's shitty. <laughs> I, I know it comes off like, oh, I'm getting shafted, so who cares if other people are getting shafted, but I want to, I will defend these people in, in this way. I don't think that's what they're trying to say. I think... What this comes down, for example, with the nurse thing and talking about how every job's a little different, the reason why nurses work those 12-hour shifts that the first commenter mentioned uh, is because they have to provide continuous care for patients and you, you don't want to do a Otherwise people like die. Hour. Yeah, you don't want to do like a traditional eight, like eight-hour trajectory kind of a thing. Um, even if, like, let's say in my job, which I won't get into specifics, the reason I can't get clocked out on time sometimes is is not because my boss is an asshole. It's because they're literally s- Because so if people don't get their pizza, they, they die. Yeah. It's it's because literally it's sometimes it can just be so busy that physically nobody can go to the office and take 10 minutes to to count my money and stuff, right? I have no one to blame for that. Like, even if they're overstaffed, You do sometimes, have your manager for not having enough staff for those situations. Sometimes, even if we're over... I'm telling you, I'm, I'm just... Well, I'm it doesn't sound like you're overstaffed example. if that's a problem you're um, having. Because I've seen how insane and unpredictable it can be it can either be dead or like so busy that like it's impossible to predict and my point is just this every job at some point has like specific needs for a short period of time where it feels like extra work is needed and i think that's what these people are trying to say and for example i think cd project red has made very good strides but right up until the game went gold they had to work overtime to fine-tune this thing and and this next comment i think plays right into that um OMG uh, Jawa, she said, there's bound to be some crunch finishing up a game, even with generous time scheduling to produce. All we can really wish for them is that they get compensated fairly, um, give them some bonuses, she said, and aren't sacked after it's all said and done and the company starts making some money. And, you know, we don't know the specifics of how these companies operate, so that's why I hesitate to just rip some of these places well, without knowing. But my, my main thing on that is, like, I, I get the sentiment, but, like, it's not unavoidable. The companies have decided that it's unavoidable. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if I entirely agree with that. Oh, God. Like again, with the whole in medical, yes, the, the the better solution would be for there to just be more, more staff, staff, more, more people there. But if that's not the case, it's not a matter of, well, let's go find some more staff. It's a matter of people are going to die if we don't right now. So, yeah. yes, someone fucked up. Yes, something needs to be done. But this is a video game. If it gets bumped a week, it gets bumped a week. Like, come the fuck on, guys. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not speak for yourself. It's not a matter of it's not a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of national security. Like I think it would be totally fine if you had to wait until January for Cyberpunk. Well, the pizzas I'm making are not life and death either. Okay, Rich. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, no. that really depends. I'm I'm sure they've killed but, plenty but again, of people. Like that's a a matter of <laughs> Yeah. 
there's there's, I, there's I, no there's I, no there's I, no real solution for that. No, in capitalism, and I, which is the big I, issue. I, I get so, what you're saying. Like, I get your, what you're saying, Josh. Like from a consumer standpoint, yes, we need to be able to be a little bit more lax on those release dates. If something happens, then something happens, and we need to not throw a company under the bus because something comes up. Game devs discover bugs a week or two before release. Are they supposed to release it buggy, which everyone gets pissed off about, or bump it back by a week or two to be able to fix that? But that yes, just there seems are cool pa- with it. The, there are patches and updates, but even then, people complain about that too. Why do I have to update my game with a patch on day one? Happy. It should be a finished product. They bumped it back by one week. And that's that's what my voice sounds like. Well, that's but me. that's the point. This is crunch. Like after the thing's gone gold, like they're. They're working on the patch right now, so yeah. Yeah, it's just tink. Yeah, it's treated. Uh, let's let's squeeze well, a couple on, more. Hold in on, there. I, I wasn't quite done, and there's one other thing I do want to say really quick about that. In terms of everything, I the thing I understand about keeping the release date too is sometimes companies, in order to fund their games, make deals with certain co- other companies to make sure it's released on time. So, for example, what what the the reason why Telltale fell apart is because they had all these deals with these different companies to release these games and they were relying on that money in order to fund their games and when those deals fell through they ran out of money now that was poorly managed on their part and I'm not going to ever take the blame away from them for that but sometimes game devs and game companies are reliant on money from the deals that they make outside hold a certain release date as well so that is also part of the issue there so at that point if they discover a bug a few weeks before a game is supposed to release they can't get it quite worked out before the release date they have to keep that release date is crunch inevitable at that point yeah i think it is because either you lose out on a lot of because they didn't give themselves a buffer Again, it's mismanagement. That's also fair yeah. as well. Because, like, if well. if you don't, if you don't, ha- like, this is a massive game we're talking about. Like, an open world game by a company that makes huge games that have bugs in them. If you don't plan to have this thing ready six months in advance. You didn't plan it well enough because you know stuff is going to come up. It's just it. There's going to be something to fix, and having it come up last minute is not a matter of oh, it's just going to happen. Just move you. Yeah, the matter of Josh, been having, for what? Yeah, what you're trying to say is a buffer to the point of like the whole idea of the game's gone gold, like feasibly, if you're really planning on a real timetable, your game should have gone gold a few months before the release date because it's like, okay, the game is playable start to finish. It's mostly put together. Now we just got to polish it up. Well, see, that's the thing. I, well, and look, we need to move on. We're going to read a couple more quick comments. The only, I, I actually like what you guys are saying. The only reason I respectfully disagree is because I think even if they built in a buffer, I still think that they would find a way to fill that time. I, I feel like with these projects, it's always like, you've been there before working on a project where you give yourself that extra time and then you're like, oh, but we can make this a little better. And then all of a sudden that time is gone too. It's like, it's the human nature to just 
try and do everything you can before that game is out because they want to put the best product out they possibly can. And I just, I feel like even if you build in a, maybe this, if you think about it, it's already gone gold and they have a whole month to kind of fine tune it. Maybe at this point they're just, maybe there's not a lot of bugs. They're just going through it over and over and over to make sure that there's no bugs. You know what I mean? We don't know what that process uh, is game, like. A game of that scale, I'm sure there's still plenty to do. I'm just saying, at that point, though, couldn't they, yeah. instead of forcing mandatory overtime in your specific example, couldn't they just ask, hey, we have this idea that we want to implement. Um, if we yeah. don't do it now, we can do it as DLC. But if we want to do it now, does anybody want to work overtime to get this done? At that point, yeah, there's you don't force need mandatory to be overtime because there is nothing really to do, but we just want to polish a little bit. Yeah, <sighs> We didn't plan for this. I, so. I don't know. It, it would seem unlikely, but, you know, I don't know how many of those employees would take optional overtime and who knows you that's know, true who, um the, one of our longtime patrons the cosmic pop tart i see him in here uh great guy good friend longtime patron we love you uh close your ears josh no i'm just kidding <laughs> the bonuses make the overtime well worth it crunch time is literally in every industry and seeing articles like this annoy me for sure so he's telling jason schreier to what bonuses so in the, the case of CD Projekt Red, uh, they were promised bonuses when the game ships. I imagine every company is a little different, but that's good to hear. But that's were they not, not that's... promised that beforehand. No, they, yeah, they were. They had already been promised that, is my understanding. So this is on. But like again, I I never see that as a justification. That's not the the point. Because the alternative well, is, hey, you get a bonus or you get fired. Can you imagine? Yeah. Can you imagine making extra money to create incredible art? Wow, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just trying to pretend I'm a commenter. Come on. Um, oh, I don't necessarily agree with you guys, but I don't like think what you're saying is off base. I think what you guys want is, I feel like you guys are living in a little bit of an unrealistic sort of dystopian society where everything's perfect and kumbaya, and I people just think never work people overtime, and it's like, well. I just, I just, I don't. Sure, I wish that was the. Po- I don't think that's realistic. Is on. No, it is. It's just you know we're gonna have to bring out the guillotines. Just Which some of the billionaires would. Some of the billionaires would be millionaires. If we wanted to live in our world, some of those billionaires would be millionaires. And I'm sorry, that was really real ridiculous of me to suggest. Oh, I know, right? Imagine, imagine if the C- CEO <laughs> of CD Projekt Red was only a millionaire. <gasps> Well, Josh, thankfully we don't have to live in that horrible, horrible reality. I know. I thought this I thought this comment was just funny. Um even though they, they were agreeing with my general premise, um they said maybe if they didn't take all that time to add customizable genitalia. Um Well that we can't done. we can't part with that. Let's not be ridiculous. We can't that's the most important <laughs> if this makes all the crunch worth month, it. God we'll work seven days a week. <laughs> they only added in customizable and... dicks, which is the part that's so stupid. They're having crunch because they needed true? customizable dicks, which no one gives a fuck about. Like, there's no yeah. flaps? Josh, no, there's, I respectfully disagree with you. one pussy in the game. Josh, here's the thing. If they wanted a crunch to add a toaster as a vagina, I would, I would be more inclined to be okay with crunch well, in this that's situation. that's in the game, but it's not in the character customization. You have to go to the chop shop. For, like, oh my mm. god. It's like you guys know nothing <laughs> about the lore. Yeah, God, we're such word pathetic. I know. It's we'll learn. Well, it's, how are you going to role play like as a person who has had about. that upgrade since the moment it was out? Um, well, it's, let's see. Okay, where this takes place in the timeline, it's in beta right now. 
I'm gonna fly. I want to get as many people involved as I can. So let me I mean, fly just, just think about this though. Before we considering anything, okay? Morgan is gonna fuck literally every person who is open to it. It seems like he'd be the sort of person who would already have robo junk. Yeah, that's true. But it, like, no, he's tried to keep his junk intact because he's doing his best to collect every venereal disease Pokemon style. Oh, uh, okay. All right. No, that makes sense. He needs to take some dick pistons <laughs> so he doesn't have to take Viagra like, anymore. I get a. I have a very I, steampunk cock. It's a venereal. <laughs> you saying it's a venereal disease? Uh, venereal disease Pokédex? Is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just collecting them. Pokerspy version of herpes. The, the outbreak Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um. Let me just run through a couple of these before we comment on them so that I can just get them out there, okay? Because some of these are somewhat similar, and I want to get people as part of the show without us, like, riffing on every single one of these. Plus, it's going to make you guys mad. Okay. okay? Um, I'm already t- mad. t Sweezy said, with how interconnected every single asset, sound, cue, and bit of design is in video game development, it's, in my mind, a feat that any of them ever get made. AAA games are always going to take crunch unless we are able to convince publishers that we won't riot without delays which we kind of talked about earlier. Ben the Nomad said, Crunch sucks, especially when it's part of an organization's cultural... Um, I guess they meant, like, built into their culture. I get where Jason is coming from, but Crunch, in a wider context, is prevalent across industries. And in many of those industries, they aren't being compensated as well. Personally, working in nonprofit, it's given during the holiday season, we're going to be putting 60-70 hour weeks um, mm-hmm. For three to four months, there's no overtime for staff, and there isn't much complaining because we understand the impact that we will have. You know, we when we got into this. Um, uh, David Chestnut said one extra day a week for six weeks, which they will get compensated for, and I'm pretty sure they do profit sharing with the employees as well. It's a non-issue. Okay, I, I okay. Let's grab another patron here. Gil Beasy is a geek. Our good friend Gil Beasy edits some of the podcasts we do sometimes for In the Blood. Great guy. Uh, people at the studio have said that this was exaggerated. They are working six Saturdays to complete the game. At the end of the year, each employee is expected to receive an average bonus of $50,000, which is more than the average salary in Poland. Um, they wanted to avoid this, but of course, COVID happened. They need to make sure the game is done, which Shay was actually referring to earlier with some of the details of that. Yeah, no. And I, what Gilby's yeah. saying there. Yeah. Like I'm totally of the mind that, yeah, in this exact situation, it isn't quite the most egregious fucking thing in the world. But, but don't what, you what think- I've been talking about more so is just crunch in general. Cause this is but literally every game little- at this point. Yeah. But, but it's gotten from my understanding, every triple a game is, it, it seems like it's at crunch. least gotten better but don't you think there's it's a little bit irresponsible in some ways for jason to come out and go crunch is happening they lied and then the details come out and people are like whoa 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 let's you well that's not I no because the details could have been literally anything and people would have come out and going whoa 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 but why not but get those details Gwent. before it seems like he was just in a rush <laughs> is good that's a good point the- um it's his job to shine a light on this. He's an investigative journalist in this industry. Especially considering he put out the article saying that they said they, they were not going to do crunch. So he's had he following not, up on a piece he already wrote. Like, yeah, to say, but, had he not come out at that point in, and said, hey guys, I know I said this, but now turns this. out that's not true. It's but not about canceling them at all. Though. It's about no, correcting no, no, something think- he already said. I'm not saying cancel. Yeah, I'm not saying that at all. I don't agree. I'm just saying yeah. that. Do you think that Josh? Do you think that the article was a little misleading? No, no. They're doing something they said they weren't going to do. I, it doesn't I matter like that, that they are. Okay. okay. Like it's it's yes. You need to read the article at that point and see. Okay, they said they weren't going to crunch. They ended up having to, which 
given everything going on, is understandable in the situation, but it's still crunch. There's no reason to call it anything other than that. Like, in this situation, it looks like they're being taken care of. Yeah, totally. And it wasn't like they were trying to shuffle it under the fucking floorboards and they, hide like, it. Like, they came out and said it. Like, and they're they were not very trying ap- to hide it. Like, yeah, it, they were very apologetic about it in the email. The report wasn't like, this is fucking disgusting garbage. It was like, hey, they said they weren't going to do this thing, and now they're doing it. And he was following yeah, up and on they've the report been open he had already it. made. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not... It's, it's fucking breaking my mind that they are coming out and saying, hey, I know we didn't want to do this. We've got to do it anyway. Here it is. And then the fans are like, oh, no, it's totally not happening. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people that they're just... No, even even the company was like, okay, we didn't want this to happen. It had to happen. Well, yeah, Josh, the mandatory overtime is happening. What I'm saying is that I felt from reading the tweets, like probably a lot of people did. But if you want to be like, well, it's mandatory overtime. It's not crunch. Like you're just arguing semantics at that point. No, no, no. I'm just saying it, it was to me. I just felt like it was misleading. I felt like it was it sounded much worse than it was. Um, and then once we got down to the details of what it was and the compensation, and all those things, I was like, actually, well, that's just because you heard a buzzword, people heard a buzzword and thought more and then than they should have without actually reading, without the, reading the article. Well, yeah. yes, and that's part of social media. Jason is probably capitalizing a little bit on that, but he wants to get people he, a little bit riled he up. He makes that's money from people of... reading the article, not from retweets. He's a reporter following up on a report he made. So you're saying that once he reported on it, then they went to the details of what was actually going on that he didn't know at the time. Is that what you're saying? As far as like the crunch not being as bad, whenever no, they, they he came reported up, about the email that was sent out. That was the article that yeah. that was in there in his report of it. Like people but are. You, trying, all I'm like, saying is, if you if you read the headline in particular that he was promoting the article, if you read the article, very, if you read the headline, like, which I'm sure he wrote, because no one ever writes a headline other than the person who writes the article. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's just like, like you said, you don't blame the people working for CD Projekt Red. You blame the well, bosses. But I'm telling you, is you, I'll blame people who want to just read a headline and base all their information off of that. Read the article. Okay. Yeah, Unless but... it's an Onion headline. Well, that's Generally, that's the headline is the point on the Onion articles. Like, yeah. the... Yeah. Yeah, the the article is generally just kind of retreading to the same fair, joke 18 times. As someone who's applied plenty of times when you apply to the onion the biggest part of the application is write 20 headlines mm-hmm. a few things i will say is i think that the headline needs to represent be representative of the article and if there have been so many times where i'm looking at articles unrelated to gaming that it's gotcha journalism where they say oh this person said this and then you read the article and you're like that was n- that was not what the article was about at all yeah. And they took something yeah. away from it. But again, this, my point I don't think is, is entire. He's writing for Forbes. There's zero percent chance he wrote the headline. That's also fair. That's also fair. And the thing is, Who'd I don't you say think... he's writing for Forbes. Jason Schreier. Jason Schreier. He writes for Forbes now. Yeah, as of have you been living under like a couch the middle of this year? I yeah, I thought he. I didn't know that's who he wrote for. I thought he still wrote for. Uh... Was it Polygon or whatever? Kotaku, and he Kotaku. left quite a while ago. Yeah. Jeez, it was it was beginning the middle of this year. I uh, can't remember exactly whenever he moved, but yeah, like it's Forbes. There's no way he's writing that headline. Yeah, yeah, but that and doesn't. I the mean, the thing again, I'll say either here or there. 
thing I will say <laughs> is that the article and the headline like aren't in- entirely incongruent. Like there is some there's some semblance of what the article is about in that headline. I think that I think that the the way the tweet read to me as like crunch as egregious, like as bad as some of the others. And then I read the article and I've read, I followed up on the information and I realized that that wasn't entirely the case. And I did honestly take it away a little bit as his tweet was reading as, you know, this is just as bad as all these other companies. This is terrible. And I felt it like it was a little bit of gotcha journalism there, to be honest with you. I did. But at the same time, that's again leading back to our previous conversation of us arguing semantics on what crunch is but i think the bigger takeaway from there was not the fact that crunch exists the bigger takeaway i took from his tweet was they originally said that they re- they reached out to him to say hey we're not going to include any type of mandatory overtime slash crunch and then they reneged on that they went back on that and in fact they did have that Mm -hmm. and the fact is that they they lied by reaching out to say that they weren't going to do it and then did it anyways and i think that was kind of the point of that and if people are getting hung up on the the semantics of um uh i just forgot words they're getting hung up on the semantics of crunch then they're missing the bigger point of cd project red what the PR that they were trying to do and then lying about it. I think that's the bigger takeaway there. And I think that's what we need to yeah, focus on. They got this the, glowing article earlier on about how, look, look how forward thinking we are. There's going to be no crunch on this game. Yeah. And so they already got a bunch of good press about that. I do think, yeah, I do agree with you guys. There's value in, yes, in sort of like coming on saying, look, we feel awful about this. We made a big deal about this and we were wrong because no matter how much we tried to avoid yeah. it, when it came down to the wire, we had to go into And mandatory. it is fine for them to own up to that. Like, I, again, I think. That's the best way you can do it. Yeah. And I feel like they actually handled it fairly well. It's just that, again, I'm just looking at our comments, looking at everything going on here, there's a lot of people defending them for something they're not defending themselves, which is just weird. Well, it's not specifically directed at CD Projekt Red, Josh. I think what... Yeah. I couldn't I mean, find we, a single anti-crunch comment. More broadly kind of funny, than but that, but still... Yes, they're defending the idea that people... They're defending crunch, Which is not. even yeah. more weird, because in this situation, a company's owning up to it and saying it's wrong, and then... They're kind of defending it in general, even if there's literally no way to defend it, which is it's 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 I'm I'm really, really over. With the Stockholm syndrome people have towards capitalism, it's it's really. Painful to watch. Just over and over. By by the way, he works for Bloomberg, not Forbes. So. Was it Forbes? Did I say Forbes? He did say Forbes, but he, uh, now yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Hearing was... Morgan say that out loud, yeah, it's Bloomberg. I knew it was Bloomberg. I, I don't know why I had Forbes in my head. My point, yeah. the point is, it's not Kotaku. Um, hey, you know, this is, I think, a somewhat level-headed way to kind of end this whole thing. We can move on. Michael McGlendon, by the way, I tried to grab a bunch of new commenters if I could. Said, I think businesses that 
involve people being able to do something they are passionate about will always have abuses of some kind at that level. The entertainment industry curtails some of this with the unions, and yet there's still high demands on folks, um, yeah. even who get contractually compensated for it. Hopefully companies can move to a better place for the sake of keeping their top talent and protecting their own product, but I don't know if that will ever happen organically. Probably not. I just want to get back to the old days when they wouldn't put people's real names in the end credits for fear they would be poached. That's so funny. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. But yeah, basically everything in the uh, Super Nintendo and before, well, not everything. It, it was changing in the Super Nintendo era, but they'd have fake names in the credits because, yeah, they didn't. Talent was scarce. <laughs> yeah, there were not a lot of people who made video games. And so generally the credits were Easter eggs that you had to find like ridiculously deep in the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad you did return, Josh. And I think we did have a good discussion about it I, because crunch does depend on the studio involved. And I, I do feel like even CD project red, if they are the leader, like one of the biggest companies out there, it does seem like they were, their intentions were to try to avoid it. They just failed to do that. They just failed yeah. to avoid it all. Which again, I don't like they owned up to it, which is good. But again, like I mentioned before, their CEO is a billionaire. That doesn't happen by being, you know, the best manager. There's there's an well, awful lot of money heading his way that deserves to be going to the in workers. In the pockets of the people my, doing things. The my people who actually and make the game. said, if I work hard and I'm a good person, I can be a billionaire too, Josh. What Adam Sandler character is that? That's a force. Trick question, it's all of them. <laughs> I, you couldn't pay me to watch an Adam Sandler movie. What are you talking about? Um, but I do yeah, want to say that <laughs> that's that's not true. I, I feel love like you Rain said Over Me. The contrary, Rain like, Over Me. Punch Drunk show. Love is great. Yeah, it's, it seems like uh, <laughs> after our whole pizza talk, it wouldn't take an awful lot to pay you to see an Adam Sandler movie. No, hey, I'll, I'll do anything if you pay me. <laughs> He's got a new one on Netflix where his character is I, I, just like the silly Billy Madison voice personified. Ooh, still, still bringing that voice back. He's <laughs> and Uncut Gems is an amazing, amazing Adam Sandler movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does. Okay, he does imagine Uncut Gems, but he's doing the Billy Madison voice the entire time. <laughs> You've sold he's me. Li- <laughs> God, I need to get high and see whatever that movie is right now. That would be great. I would rather see um, the little little Nicky voice on Uncut Gems. Oh, wow, this is hey. a really nice gem. Hey, Kevin Garnett. <laughs> you ever had Popeye's chicken? Uh, speaking Where of did gems, I know you, Mr. Garnett? <laughs> speaking of gems, we'll come back and talk Crash, among other things. So let's take a quick break, and uh, we will return with more of the Chompcast. Hey, Josh. Hey, Shay. You know what I was thinking about this week? I want to spend my money on a lot of different things, like a wall clock, a face mask, a puzzle, and a t-shirt. You know where I could spend that kind of money? I was thinking about webbed feet, but if you want all that, you can find it at store.swordchomp.com. Oh, store.swordchomp.com. And I've heard they have a bunch of different logos, too. I've heard they have the Sword Chomp logo, the Chomping After Dark logo, and they just recently got up the In the Blood and the Evoking the Sublime logo as well. The rumors are true. Well, that's good. That's good. So if you out there are interested at all, head to store.swordchomp.com. That's store.swordchomp.com. See you there. 
fit. I've been using the word marsupial a lot this week because of Crash. Um, I really like to use it because I don't get to use marsupial very often. It um, feels good. Just try it. Just say it. Marsupial. No. Um, <laughs> not a single person's gonna fucking well, say not, it. Don't don't give in. Don't give in. Uh, I played a bunch more Crash Four. Yeah, that game's still yeah. really good. Um, I had to edit Morgan's review, uh, for it, which will be up by the time you're listening to this on the site, I'm so and it's sorry. really soured me on the whole game. <laughs> no, no, no. Now I personally hate the game. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, you know what's funny is Morgan, as I can reference this, you mentioned the levels featuring other characters and how the dingo dial ones fell flat. And I really like the dingo dial levels. Dude, I love the dingo dial levels. I think so they're much. the best of the characters that are not Crash and Coco. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. For of sure. The best. Yeah, yeah. For sure. The they're bar, they're actually legitimately fun. They're ones I was like, oh, fuck yeah, I get to play as Dingo Dial? Hell yeah. I was super yeah, excited and to play as Plus, him. new Dingo Dial design, great. He a thick boy now. He is. Yeah, I mean, look, the art's great. Yeah, Dingo Dial. I mean, you were predisposed to like Dingo Dial. I remember how much Dingo Dial praise you were, you were going I off. love just, he's a ridiculous <laughs> character. True story, I was talking to one of my friends, uh, uh, Aaron this week about the uh, video game related stuff and she, she did not know that a dingo was a real animal nor um, that a bandicoot was a real animal she or that a they were crocodile just, like, was a real cute. animal nothing in nothing in Australia is real it's well it's little actually, known secret it's actually no no Josh I'm glad you brought this in uh, according to the flat earthers I have been catfishing um, Australia does not exist. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. Um, and it's actually just a bunch of actors paid by NASA. Oh my God. I, I will tell you this. When I, when I went to study abroad there five years ago, they actually, this is a secret that's probably going to get me killed. They just put me in a warehouse and beat me with uh, weak old hot dogs repeatedly for five months. They would regularly... Yeah, they'd put you in a burlap sack and yeah, they must have liked you to well, use you the weak old they, They'd dogs. beat me, and then every hold once on, in a while on, they'd say, "Mate," and then just beat me, "Mate." Good day, I, mate. I need some. I need some details because Shay, that's a little vague. When you say weak old hot dogs, are you saying they've been left out for a week? Are they because if they're just in the fridge for a week, that's not really that bad. Like, what are the specifics here? They were the cooked. They were cooked a week ago. Week. Cooked a week ago. Okay, well that's even stranger. <laughs> Um, Shay, also follow-up question. How much did NASA pay you to say that? Um, I cannot disclose that information at this time, or I really will be killed. I'm going to check with the bank. It's a matter of public record. Okay. Um, no, it sounds like you guys enjoyed the side character levels a lot more than I did. Um, I, I do agree that Dingo Dial is the best of the three, but yeah, I just... Uh, was well, not well, a fan of, of the side character while missions. While we're on the side Go character ahead, ones, actually, because yeah. there is one, and I don't remember if I brought this up on the podcast. I definitely talked about it with you guys privately. In the Tauna levels, the... Um, the double jump? The, the wall bouncing is... <laughs> it's weird, yeah. It's bad. Like, we've well, been it's, it's doing like this magnetic. In, it's like been, she sticks to it, yeah. It doesn't feel right. We've been doing this in games for so long. How do you mess that up? Yeah, it's pretty bad, dude. It it was it was not enjoyable at all, and especially when you get into the later levels where those those wall those wall placements are electrified, that it Ooh, gets yes. really those, really difficult level. to to effectively land on those. 
stay on them, jump without getting electrocuted. And yeah. it, I mean, it's manageable. It's fine. It just, it, it did not lend itself to an enjoyable challenge. It's a challenge, but it's not an enjoyable challenge. There are it's a lot those, of, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll go let you I was going to say, it's when you die and it doesn't feel like there's anything you could do to avoid it. That no. That's when it sucks. Like, you're like... It's a challenge, like, getting through yeah, a circuit city without someone helping you. Oh, well, yeah. that's just impossible, Josh. Let's not be <laughs> ridiculous. I mean, yeah, I, to me, they were just the... I thought they all felt kind of superfluous, but um, I like what they went for. I respect them for trying... Uh, to even though it didn't, I don't think it really landed for me. I think it, Bingo I, Dial. I like that they best. tried it. I like um, and and Neo Cortex was like oddly irritating. Like he had the thing where at you times, like, turn. I thought there were smart ideas there. Maybe not yeah, the best like executed. Tr- and and I think a lot of that was unlike the Dingo Dial levels, which I felt were a little bit more designed. I guess. Um, the the Cortex levels almost felt like they were forcing this new gameplay perspective on existing Crash levels in a weird way. I here's what I'll say about Cortex is like I liked playing as the as the one time enemy without giving spoilers away. Um, Those games I came guess. out in the nineties. Yeah, well, I mean, in terms of this game, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm sorry. They were already up pretty upfront that he was um, playable in this game from the get. Well, yeah, yeah, for sure, but. Sh- but but like it's unclear in this game whether or not he's an enemy is my point um until you get to the end of the game but uh i really like that you get you get to play as a one time or a three time enemy four time enemy however you want to look at it and I, I like one of the things i absolutely loved about playing as him is when you die as crash um one of my favorite animations that they've kept throughout the entire series is one of the many i was hoping you mentioned that is that he's an angel and he goes, he ascends up to heaven. But if you die as Neo Cortex, there's this devil music that is never, you've never heard before. And he ascends <laughs> as a devil, which I was like, that's so fucking it's such a brilliant. great detail. It well, is the, like, the small it's such a minute thing like that. I, I love that stuff. Yeah. Guys, I'm sorry in the background. Um, this is both for you guys and the listeners as well. Uh, there's some Japanese nationalists in the background. Um, I apologize in advance. It's going to be in the background for a few minutes. Is it pretty egregious? If so, I can mute myself. For I a few can't minutes. hear anything. Yeah. Well, tell tell them to get out of your apartment. <laughs> they're having, they're all having a party. Just go challenge no, um, literally any of them to an arm wrestling contest, and they'll go home. <laughs> that's true. That's fair. You can continue to broadcast if you can beat me in an arm wrestling competition. <laughs> um, but I I liked the premise of Neo Cortex's idea as a playable character. What I don't like is horizontally when you're using his gun as the ability to either turn an enemy into a platform or shooting it a second time to basically make it this trampoline of sorts, this gelatinous thing. It, it works really well in a horizontal setting in a vertical setting. Like when you kind of, it's not quite isometric. You're like behind or in front of him and you are trying to go vertically. I, I don't know if Moving that's forward right. or backwards. Like, crash yes, exactly. Yeah, that's yeah. a better way to put it. It does not work at all. I absolutely hated using his gun when you're moving. It's tricky forward. Or yeah. Yeah. There's backwards. no easy way to aim it. No, it's the depth it's, perception just isn't there to, to aim properly. Yeah. 
exactly. No, weird. and yeah. I wish that in in that scenario that by using his gun there would have been a little bit of aim assist. Well, out yeah, of all the help you out, out of all the, sh- yeah, it would it would have been a little bit helpful there. But um, I I like I like getting to play as these other characters. To be honest with you, overall I do, even though they're not my favorite and some of them annoy me like. Tana, Tana, I still enjoyed. I enjoyed that they tried bringing her back, uh, or they did bring her back, and it was an alternate universe version of her. And it was kind of cool to see like these environmental, these cool environmental things happening and having these side characters kind of influence them. And then you go play the levels, and you're like, oh, that's exactly how it's being influenced. And it was kind of cool to see that. It it was ridiculous. The it didn't take itself seriously. They really are. Yeah. And there's and I, more I really like that, that I don't want to spoil, but like there's more characters you wouldn't expect from the crash, I guess, mm-hmm. lore that make appearances in this game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there are there are a ton of that's one of the things I wrote down because like I took I took notes on this game more than I've taken notes on any game this year, except maybe The Last of Us Two. Um one of the things I really love about this game is that there are a ton of Easter eggs and some of the ones I wanted to list to you guys, cause I'm sure you've noticed some of them is the music during the, the tape levels. You know, when you find mm-hmm. the tapes in the world, the music is actually the yeah. same music all the way back from crash one it is really cool to see that they yep. brought some of that musical theme back. The musical theme from the jet ski part, um, is actually not identical, but there are some thematic elements from, uh, Crash Bandicoot 2 and Crash Bandicoot 3 as well. More Crash Bandicoot 2. Cool. Um, what else? The tiger from Crash Bandicoot Warped, Coco's tiger that you ride on, he um, he makes an appearance in that city level, the city parade. In the background. Musical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. also you see Spyro the Dragon multiple times. Spyro, yeah. In a few places. You see, There's you multiple see Skylander fake Crash. You see fake yes. Crash. Um, use, there are ton like there are even more Easter eggs that I've probably missed. There are a ton of them, and I absolutely love that um, the developers took the time to put all of those Easter eggs in there. It's really cute. It harkens back to those games, and I really love that. Well, between the Easter eggs and like the, like you said, the small touch, like when Cor- uh, Neo Cortex dies, or like the weird lore of like getting those tapes and seeing how the Bandicoots were sort of created. I think all that stuff works really well to the point where I wish they didn't even really need the silly like story that there's like way too much of in there. Like they didn't need it because all the all that you're personally offended by the story of Crash Bandicoot. I, I'm I'm I not. Either. It's it's a very very very. I don't even know if I'd say criticism. I just. Like, cause you can just skip it. I mean, who cares? But the thing is, oh. when it comes to, oh, like, I enjoyed minute. it. Why? Hold on, hold on. You remember, Rich? Hold Rich, on. hold on. You let this slide. I'm not gonna let this shit slide. You <laughs> said you are not personally offended by the story. Do you remember the other day when we were having a discussion about doing a chomping after dark on this? And you remember that? I said it was offensive. You said you were personally offended by it. Yeah, I'm trying to be nice, Shay. I'm trying to be nice here. Just, I don't want to just rip the game well, apart. We want you to be time. honest. Uh, yeah, okay, I was offended by it. It was terrible. Ooh. Um, but <laughs> no, honestly, I would. Enjoy? I I think my original text to you guys was just 
no, I'm not deeply offended by it because you can just skip it. The thing is with a lot of these platformers that I look for is they'll do like there's some that do like sort of a silly initial setup, but it's effective. Like let's say Tropical Freeze or like even the story in as you guys are gonna laugh, but the story in Mario Odyssey was goofy but effective. I liked it um, for like what they were trying to do. Nintendo knows how to do that well, stuff yeah, really Mario well. Game. No. This this to me was like a real cheesy Saturday morning cartoon, but like not in a good way, um, like, like in Sonic bad way. Underground. Yeah, and they and my daughter, vow, Josh, my daughter, like <laughs> to never bring that up, so we wouldn't have to relive their the memories. mother will be found. It's not a huge. <laughs> it's not a huge deal. It's just confusing to me because it's like nobody that like that young would be able to even play this game because it's like very difficult. Like my daughter couldn't even get through the first level and she's a really good video gamer for an eight year old. So like and she would love the story. Or so it's just like I don't know who the fuck What's, they're targeting. I, Look I, man, I just because you're bad at games, there's no reason to hold it over kids' heads. It's just silly. That it's and, just a strange choice. And we've had this discussion before. I don't know why you get so hung up on what you perceive as targeted for kids because kids cartoons are awesome and fuck anybody who shamed you for not liking them. Uh-huh. Or for liking them, excuse me, I'm sorry. And as far as far as this game, like the story being so kid centric, who gives a fuck? I loved it. It's fun. I thought it's it was funny. awesome. I didn't take it no, seriously. No, no, I said at it was all. a bad. No, was fun. no, no, it's a bad. I'm not, I'm not comparing it to the good cartoons. I mean, we all agree that there's some gems out there, and there's just because something's a cartoon doesn't make it bad. I'm talking about like the quality of a bad Saturday morning I don't think cartoon. This is bad though. Oh, well, I don't either. I would believe your <laughs> assertion a whole lot more had you not complained about Into the Spider Verse being a kids movie. Not that movie a few days so ago. Fucking good. It is a kids yep. movie, but, but it's a good kids movie. It's a really good kids movie because they're reaching a broader demographic. There, you know, it's look, come on, it's a kids movie. It, it's and you're still book- again. Like, the fact that you feel like you need to say that is you're trying to, like, drag it down. Like, that makes it lesser to you. And that's... No, they're going to do things Because if it didn't, a... you wouldn't feel the need to point that out. Well, the reason I say that is because they're going to they're gonna take, like, jokes here and there, or they're going to be silly things like, the spider pig jumps out and goes boing! You okay, know, there's, there's, never talk shit about Spider-Ham again. I, well, <laughs> see, this is the problem. We're too emotionally invested. Um, what I'm saying is that it's not... It's not like it's terrible. It's just there are there are bars when you make something that's for like a wider audience, right? Like you want to have kids involved and adults involved. You hit all the extremes, right? So you hit stuff that's going to appeal to children and stuff that's going to appeal to adults and everything in between. Um, or you, just if you're trying to appeal to movie. everyone, you're you're doing the opposite of hitting extremes. You're trying no, to make no, it like this filtered down version. <laughs> No, no, no. What I'm saying is that there's if you want to appeal to everyone, you're gonna have to have something in there that's gonna to appeal to children, and you have to have things in there that are gonna to appeal to adults. That's Whereas true of like, anything, like ice cream. If I go to what? No, if you go, if I go to watch, like No Country for Old Men, there's nothing in there that's gonna to appeal to my eight year old daughter or you know to an adult. So have you're you asked a her? Higher you form that. of art, I believe. Um, well, see, that's again, that's, higher that's, form of art. Then that's my that, issue that's, with all. Yeah, of that's this. it. You you think it's lesser because it's targeted at children to any degree? I think that by targeting children, you do lose a little something. Yeah, it's, it's totally, totally way more I adult. I think I know They've got a, a lot silent of kids. shotgun in there. <laughs> I think I know a lot of kids that so are way realistic. smarter than 90% of the adults I interact with on the daily. 
what I'm I'm not saying you have to agree with it. I'm just saying that for me, something is lost when it's made with with children in mind. You are going to lose some of that uh, that would be connected for adults. It's just the truth. Mm. I'll play Crash, but it's not the higher really art I desire. Like, especially uh, given no. the example no, you had. It, it's literally, are... and this is kind of basically all the Coen Brothers movies, which I like. They're all basically just folk tales. They're 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 framed as if it's something some dipshit kid told you in high school. Like every single one of them, which is great. But they're not all you know, full of so much violence that a kid couldn't sit through them. Like the 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 violence isn't added to make it more unique. It's just added to it doesn't do anything really. Well, and and it's, I don't think Into the Spider Verse is well. I'm not trying to compare the movies. What I'm, <laughs> I think we're losing. The, what I'm trying to say is that, um, I don't think that's like a egregious example of like a children's movie that's only for children. I do think it's. Uh, I really enjoyed it in the Spider Verse, but I, I do think that it is in many ways a children's film. That's not a massive knock. Yeah, it's it's not, not one of those AI produced movies where Elsa and Spider Man somehow both get <laughs> pregnant and. <laughs> Wait a second. Wait, where can we watch that? Literally Look, half understand. the channels on YouTube. It was, yeah, it was a big issue for a while there. I Sonic, I'm pregnant, and you're Look, the father. Yeah. yeah, do you not I know these? That was the best thing ever. I, the, like, it, have have you not? For a long time, there they've kind of cracked down on it lately. But there was an awful lot of made by AI, essentially machinima of different children's characters that was all over YouTube because they just Pretty wanted great. to try to cl- just farm views yeah. from kids. And it was the most just bat shit insane stuff out there yeah, because it was great. just it literally no human hand was ever involved in the process. I remember my buddy and I were on 4chan once and uh it said, oh, the That's new trailer for Spy- Spider-Man 4 just dropped. And it was Spider-Man tied up and Venom was just rubbing his dick. <laughs> it was a home <laughs> shot video. I can't oh, believe they God. canceled that movie because that trailer leaked. Um, Look. We could have gotten Spider-Man 4. Alas, I, we did not. I, what I think you guys are misconstruing, and we can end that part of the debate, was that I'm not saying I don't enjoy certain if you do it right, as that's why I gave Mario Odyssey as an example of a way you can portray a silly but story, but you can do it in a charming and classy way. Um, a lot of a lot of platformers will have something initially, but then you play the whole game, they're not going to bog you down with all these cutscenes every world. So I do think there are there examples like a of it out there. 45 second cutscene every world. <laughs> Like, no, there, I, there was enough of them. But again, it's not It's not even a... It's very a, odd I mean, considering like, you actually thought Metal Gear Solid 4 was good. That two and a half hour cutscene was his favorite. Mm. I, I did. I don't that. know. The 45 <laughs> straight minutes of Ocelot making finger guns at helicopters now, was pretty great. Josh, I, <laughs> abso- I absolutely love that as well, but I'm not going to pretend it's anything more than it is, um, <laughs> which is stupid bullshit. And I loved every fucking Thank minute you. of it. And Thank I was you. stoned out of my mind watching that for the first time. I was too. I think I was on pills also. I don't remember. Wow, what a fun I'm little happy, trip I took. That really you, explains an awful lot. You to really me. enjoy higher forms of art. 
Mm. Yeah, I know. I mean, no kid could enjoy that, so you know <laughs> it's awesome. Oh, you you guys are the worst. Um, <laughs> I just couldn't hear you from up there on your high horse. <laughs> <laughs> I just I was lead, just not lead, super into what they did. But to lead back in a crash, one thing that actually I really enjoyed is that they were they along those lines that they never took themselves seriously is they were also very aware of who their target audience was. Morgan said he doesn't know who he was targeted towards. I don't believe that at all. I think they knew exactly who they were targeted was. And there's one specific instance that stands out in my mind. And Neo Cortex exclaims, exactly, (laughs) at some point in the game, oh, how I missed this, as Crash blows up his nitro lab on a level. And I don't know if this stuck out to you guys, but it stuck out to me because I... I'm firmly of the belief that it's supposed to resemble the player's thoughts because after crash bandicoot warped and crash team racing to some degree, the franchise hasn't seen great days. I mean, crash bash was not that great. They had some PS two titles, crash of the Titans. And, uh, I can't remember the other one that were just not that good. You're you're making some names now, aren't you? Did people, none of these exist. Did people like twin sanity? I, I liked uh, Crash Into Me. I'm just joking. I remember it, yeah. His solo uh, music project. Oh, but... did you guys see the movie Crash? Like, it was a really hefty drama starring Dingo Dial and <laughs> Engine. <laughs> see, I would watch that. Um, but I, I really like how, basically, the the developers are that aware. Was totally, that, like, that was totally in-universe. That's canon, isn't it? Yeah. Something, something like that. I like, like how that they're aware that the I, players... I, I, I hadn't... I hadn't placed that until you mentioned it, but now now that I'm thinking about it, it is absolutely that is absolutely 100% canon. Yep. I like um, how the yeah. I like how the the developers are aware that the players have been waiting for a new quote unquote great crash game for quite some time, and I like how they acknowledge that through just uh, well, conversation between two characters yeah, it, who have been pitted against each other that, for years. Um, Shay, there's another line that stood out to me that I think is before that. It's like one of the first interactions you have where you get to that world uh, that Cortex is in, the ice world. And I, I can't remember his name. The new one of the quantum masks who's with you is like, that guy seems pretty ticked off. How many times have you beaten him? And they're just like three. And he's like, seems like more. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like more. Um, <laughs> I, I will say this. You guys wrote me into talking about the story in this game for 10 minutes, and I'm very upset with you. How That's not you what happened at all. Is that what you... We talked about, like, Into the Spider-Verse. I, oh, um, yeah, that too. Josh just wanted to talk about Into the Spider-Verse. That was his ploy to talk it's about. a fantastic fucking movie. Supposedly mm-hmm. the best movie of the decade. It's a great um, movie. <laughs> guy, I forgot what I was going to say. No, I, but I think less is, less is more with the storytelling. Like, when you get to the Neo, when you get to the Neo Cortez boss, it just says the level's called four times a charm. You know what I mean? It's just like, that's all I needed. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I get it. It's cute. You're killing him for the fourth time. Um, anyways, I, I you know, it was going to take us an hour if you want to go through all the things that I, I had complaints about, but I really, um, I had to read your review already, man. I don't want to do that. Shay really devoured this thing pretty quick. I, honestly, and Shay's a really hardcore Crash Bandicoot fan. So I'm glad he really enjoyed it. I know you plowed through this thing in like a weekend. So I did. I did. Um, I absolutely love this game. Like I took so many different notes on this game. Um, one thing I really liked that they brought back that Rich had mentioned that he wasn't sure of, um, is that if you keep dying multiple times, they will, 
uh, put in some more strategically located checkpoints to make it a little bit yeah. easier to get through the level if you're having trouble. That's something that's a holdover from previous games, which I'm really glad they brought that in because um, there are certain levels that are particularly brutal. This is definitely, in my opinion, the hardest crash game. Um, I agree 100%. Yeah, easily. Um, I One thing I really like about this game is specifically with the new masks is that they've taken some of their previous traps and deadly installations and they've actually kind of breathed some new life into them because they allow you to work around them with the masks. Uh, what the first one that comes into my mind is the nitro crates The when you played the previous games, cause they were introduced in crash two, you couldn't, you couldn't destroy them without using a mask or losing a life. But with the new mask, I can't, again, I can't, I'm spacing the name of the masks. The, the uh, the one that's one. the time stopping or the time slowing one, um, that you can jump on those crates and yeah. you can actually use them to bounce off of and get to other locations. And what I like about that is not only does it breathe new life into some of these old traps and whatnot, but you actually have to use that to your advantage. Cause one thing that they did in this game a lot better than previous games is as you get further into the levels, the more difficult levels, you actually have to start thinking about sequencing a little bit more specifically with the bonus levels than anything, but you definitely have to start thinking about sequencing about um, how if you set this off, well, then you can't get these boxes. And that's important if you want to collect all the gems. I really like that they included that because that's another layer that I didn't know I wanted in a crash game that is a lot of fun and it's difficult. It's like it's like I imagine playing through like a level of braid or a level of and I'm gonna mention a game nobody knows about except five people, the misadventures of PB Winterbottom, where you're thrown into this level and you have to think about pies. the sequencing. Yeah, time pies. Chronos pies, I can't remember anymore. But um Been a long time. basically you have to <laughs> you have to think about the sequencing in order to beat this little level and i really like that they included that in crash it's something i didn't know i wanted hmm. yeah i was um how'd you feel i felt like they botched the collectible side of it a bit which was a bummer for me um how did you feel about the well let's start with i was a little bit bummed out that the um inverted worlds were so like some of them were like so boring and then some of them were really cool like some of them were like the pirate one where you're like splattering paint everywhere was kind of cute but then like a, a lot of them were just this is the same world but the color's different and you make sure you collect the same stuff um there's some different variances there but it was kind of all over the place it felt kind of fillery how did you guys feel about those those inverted worlds and getting those like six extra gems on top of that and stuff i love the inverted worlds absolutely love them um i think that the color change is only a part of it. I think it's more trying to be thematic with the vibe of the world in general. Like if you go to the uh, the levels that presumably take place in Japan, um, th it has this more like mysterious, misty vibe, and it kind of gives this gives these levels kind of like this ancient energy to them. And I really like that. I feel I feel like. With all the inverted levels, there's a lot of care into creating this vibe. Um, that is uh, a juxtaposition and some, in some ways complements what they were doing with the original levels. I really, I really like the inverted levels a lot, to be honest with you. 
Interesting. Okay, cool. Did you um, play any of them, Rich? Uh, I played one or two. I haven't played enough of those yet to really speak with authority on it. That's fair. Um, I, I think the thing that I was hoping would get me more, like, I really just like trying to get the, in platformers, I just like getting all the collectibles, and I just thought it, they would just switch the dial to too high of a difficulty with this one as far as, like, um, trying to get, if you want to get the the perfect relic, the, the highest time trial things, you have to obviously do those in one run. Even if you want to get the tapes, you have to get all the way to the tape without dying in many, so a lot of those difficult levels. And just, I was like, fuck this. This is just ridiculous. And it was just really frustrating. I um, think, I will say to your point, I think there's a little bit of a balance issue with some of those. Um, some of the, like, there are four color gems you have to get in the game. And this is a uh, same as all the other crash games one two and three uh there's red yellow blue mm-hmm. and green and two of the gems in this game are pretty easy to get uh the yellow one is very easy to get and um i believe it's the red one don't quote me on that one they're pretty easy to get the blue and the green one are fucking absurd like one of them i i'm not gonna lie i had to look up because you basically have to go through this level and then you happen upon this location and you have to flick this, you have to spin this garbage can. And then an RC car plops out of the garbage can with a remote control. And then you have to hit this remote control like five or six times, spin it to hit something else. And then out pops the gem. And it's like, how the fuck would I intuitively ever figure that out? You know? And that's, that's, mm. I get it. It's, I think it's something there for like people to look trying to use Disney up. Plus on the PS4. <laughs> That's not right? real. That's fake. But the other mm-hmm. one is um, the other gem. Basically, it's one of the levels in Japan where you have to go through the entire level without collecting a single box and to get to the end of the level. Um, you can die as many times as you want, but you can't collect a single box. And in that specific level, you have the mask that allows you to spin and kind of float. It's the purple mask. And there's a part in that level. Which you can do it, it's just extremely difficult where you have to jump from platform to another platform and there are boxes almost directly at the front. So you have to stop the mask and land right in front of those boxes without tripping them or uh, hitting them or tripping off the ledge. And it's it's just confusing how two of the gems are super, like, fairly easy to get. And then one of them is you have to look shit up to do it essentially and then one of Weird them is insanely spikes, yeah there is and i think i think that is to morgan's credit i think that is the same across the board um for some of the gems that you have to get some of those clear gems i think that's indicative or they're pretty uneven it's also it's it's the same case well, with some of with those the, tapes as well some of those tapes are brutal they are and and on top of that Think about this. We all agree it's the hardest crash game, right? And in many ways, the levels are longer than they've ever been before, which is cool the first time through. But when you're trying to get those collectibles and, and you have to do those runs without dying, like I'm telling you, like some of those, ugh, I was just like, no, no. And this is giving me anxiety just attempting just these. Just thinking I mean, about it, yeah. I like challenge. I do. Like I, I want that from platform, but there, I think there's a better way to do it. I, you know, I don't know. For me, I'm okay with that challenge. It's just it's not a challenge I'm willing to take right now. I definitely went and got some of those perfect relics. I think I got so about three or four of them. Um, I was collecting gems along the way as long as I was willing to. Um, yeah. I also wanted to finish the game in time to have a reasonable conversation about it. So I 
I did as many as I was willing to kind of thing. Like some levels, I got them all. Some levels, I got five. Some levels, I got two. Um, and I got the, as many of the tapes as I was willing to put up with patience wise. And eventually yeah. I am going to go back to that game and I am going to try and get the platinum trophy on it. I would like to eventually do that. And the thing I told you guys, um, I compared it to super meat boy. Uh, and I still think it's a fair analogy is super meat boy. You can just play through and beat the levels and that's fine. And eventually you beat the whole game. The 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 beauty of Super Meat Boy is there is so much additional content there. There are characters to unlock. There are bandages to collect. There are time trials to do in those levels. There are the Dark World versions of those levels. Um, there's so much it's additional content. It's the challenge content. you want to make it. What was that? It's the challenge that you want to make it. Like Exactly. I, I think Crash has the same thing. It's like, there's all this stuff here, and I, I get because I especially am a victim of this, and I think Morgan is too. There is a part of your brain that sees all these boxes and wants to check all the boxes. But, well, dude, like... But, Rich, when you run through the level and you don't get the, all the boxes, you, it feels dirty to me. It feels weird. Like, I feel like I'm just missing out on something. I don't... Because just getting from point A to B, especially with the checkpoint system, like, I can die however many times, I just get to the next Morgan, checkbox. Morgan. It's fine. It's, not it's your fine, fault. but, like, I'm not getting what I want from it. It's not your fault. I've, I felt, you're saying I that, felt you that way for other gems that you just accidentally get going through is what you're saying. No, no. I, the, okay. So here's the deal, Josh. They have, um, the gems you get for collecting all the fruit. I, We're talking about all Pokemon? the boxes, gems, all, uh, all the gym, gems, gemstones, um, all the uncut gems, gemstones. What about the Pam stones? Oh God. Christ. <laughs> You know, I, it does look like a diamond for the record. They look like diamonds. Shine bright like a gemstone. They're all white, sparkling white. Josh, do you want to um, tell them? So, Josh, let me break this down. I've been thinking a lot about this, okay? So, you, you open up a bag of worms here. You get three gems for you just the term collecting. Is bag of worms? Oh, God. I'm never going to be able to say this. <laughs> what, what is it? What's the famously, term? Famously. What is a bag of worms? <laughs> Famously known for being sold in bags. <laughs> I mean, if he's talking about gummy worms, sure. But that's not what the expression is in reference to. I love bags of worms because they're, they're, yes, they are gummy. A bag of worms is more... almost exclusively gummy. Oh, God. Uh, episode title, Bag of Worms. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so true. I never even thought about that. Um, fuck. Uh, Cam. Anyways. Can of worms. Can of worms. Can of worms. There you go. Well, can we get back to what you're trying to say? You, so Sorry. I like the first three primary ones you just get for collecting boxes because boxes have Wumpa fruit in them. And they have this weird meter, but it doesn't matter. You just get all the boxes. Some of them are tricky to find, but that's okay. I, I think the one where you have to get through a level within three deaths is pretty fucked up, but it's manageable. You got three tries to get through an entire level to get a gym. And there's the hidden gym. Like Shay said, those are fucked up too, but, you know, whatever. You can look them up. It's... The, the time trial relics that get incredibly insane and you have to do them without dying or you start the whole level over and these perfect relics that you need. And to get a perfect relic, Josh, you have to literally get every gym in the level except the hidden gym. That means every box and all that stuff 
in one run. And this game, as we talked about, is the hardest crash game. The level is the longest. And if you die at the end, you do the whole thing over again. You have to, it's not like just get to the level without dying. It's get to the yeah. level without dying and get everything. And that's not even talking about the hidden tapes. And you have to get to the hidden tapes without dying to open up those levels. And those are already challenging. Yeah, so it's just, no, it's that doesn't sound much. like they thought it through because, again, the bits of, since we're going to use it, let's continue with it. Uh, Super Meat Boy, where you had to complete ridiculously long bits without dying, were yeah. made specifically for that. Where you had like the uh, um, there's a rhythm to them. Yeah, like the 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 worlds where you had to beat like it wasn't without dying. You had three lives, but to get through yes, yeah, there was to there's get some through, bonus like, levels. You've got like yeah. ten levels. You need to get through these ten levels without dying more than three times. Um, but they were specifically made for that. Um. Whereas this seems to be just an extra thing tacked on to each level, so it's more about perfecting it. So it's 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 a it's a different challenge. It's more of a memorization challenge. It's not yes. it's not a mastery challenge. And these are and long psychological levels. patience. Yeah, which <laughs> is <clears throat> I don't mind memorization challenges, but they're their own sort of thing. And like I I I love for for example, I love the original Bit Trip Runner. The second one I do not think is any good because they make it way more complicated, add a bunch of extra crap in there that makes it mm -hmm. way harder to do the memorization. It sounds like the same sort of thing. Like, let's make this thing as bulky and overstuffed as it can be and still ask you to memorize everything. Um, yeah. And that's not including the fact that you can go through those yeah. levels again, Josh, and get six more gems with an inverted version of that mm. world. And you're basically repeating some of those challenges, but then things are changed up. You know what I mean? So it's just over. Well, and look, if you just want, as the last thing I'll say, and I'll shut up. If you just want to get from point A to B, I think it's a pretty good game at that. Just getting from point A to B. But that, for me, left, left me feeling empty. Well, a few things. First off, about your box point earlier. I felt that when it was a life system, but now that it's on this other system, I don't feel that at all. Like I, I don't feel like if I miss boxes, I'm missing out on something because that's not the case. Because one of the main, two of the main reasons why you want to get boxes are free lives and the masks. If you're not getting free lives because it's not on that system, all you really need are the mask boxes, and those are usually strate strategically placed in good parts of the level where you're going to need it later on. So I didn't have any, the same issue that you did, uh, to fault the game because you want to get the platinum, um, because you want to go above and beyond. I don't think is the most egregious thing in the world, to be honest with you. I'm not going to say it's a bad criticism because it's yours to have. Um, I will say that I think I personally think it, that it's a little bit silly to get so hung up on that because it's additional content at the end of the day. And if you want an easier si system, go play one of the older yeah. crash games or go play a different game for that matter. Yeah. Uh, like the crash trilogy that's been remastered. I think that this game, they, yeah, but those they games did. Are ugly I think that this game, game they balanced uh, it with, with that in mind. I think that the, the challenge is rewarding. Uh, the C super meat boy thing. You guys are talking about there's a lot of more memorization. There were some parts in Super Meat Boy where you did have to memorize. 
um, yeah. the way certain traps go, like the timing of them. There, there are other games that well, do this. And okay. the thing is, there's to get hung up. Hold on. I, I listen to you guys talk for five minutes. Let me finish, please. Um, the, to get hung up on something that is an option to get, not a necessity to beat the game, is, in, in my opinion, not, not the worst thing in the world. Uh, to get hung up on that is not a... I, I don't get it. I don't get it. If I had to guess, and again, this is guessing, it sounds like it's more of a matter of framing. Like, they're showing Morgan everything he missed, and it's making him angry. Whereas, and that's what it is at the end of the day. No, no, like, that's that's it, because <laughs> yeah, I specifically no, I think right. remember him talking about, man, Super Mario Odyssey is way too easy. And it's not. It's got one of the most complicated movement systems in the game. It's unbelievably satisfying to go through and, and play a bunch of the harder challenges they have in there. But they're all completely optional. Like they're not. Like half of them are hidden. Like it's it's not a matter of parading. Man, look at all the shit you missed. There's two things there. Josh is right. They do right when you finish the level. It goes boom, 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 boom. Look at all these gems you didn't get. Um, and they and they shove that right in your face, right? I do think Shay, if we're being honest, platformers right here are a little bit different beasts. Like collecting the stuff in the level, I feel like is a little more integral to what those games are about. Am I crazy with that? I, I, that's, that's for something that I've always enjoyed about them is. I think it is, depends on the platform, how much they, they, you can focus on it more or less because I feel like a- some games make you feel specifically like you really need to go through and get all the stuff. And other ones are, this is extra stuff. You can beat the game however you want. And then if you really want more of it, you can come back for it. If if you get right to the right. end of a level, Josh, and it's like you miss this, 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 and this, go to the next level. Do it's you feel not like that it's... bad. It's not that bad compared to the first game. I don't know if you remember the first game, but the first game when you missed a box, they would make Crash sit there as an animation would crush over you with each box that you miss. Now imagine if you missed forty boxes in one level, you have to sit there and watch that animation of forty boxes crashing on Crash's head. That was demoralizing. Well, that yeah, I fucking hated. Yeah. And well, that they didn't really do with this game. They put one simple screen there showing you what you got, showing you what you missed. And you know what? It's the same exact thing that you said with the cutscenes. As soon as it flashes there, you can skip it. It's the same thing with the cutscenes. You can, you can skip it I'm almost not, immediately. I'm not saying, but I'm not saying, Shay, that if you don't want to collect all the stuff in the game that your opinion is somehow wrong. I'm just saying that for me, collecting stuff is integral to that enjoyment of that experience. And I do disagree with the box thing because, what, four gems per run? And so I guess eight total would be tied Six to gems. Box? Six, six gems. Six gems. Well, you get, if you want to get the perfect relic. Oh, yeah, that's right. Six gems and the perfect relic. Um, so that would be per per level. That's pretty substantial. Um, for, for, and you know, it's just, that's something as I've but gotten the, older, I've enjoyed doing with my platformers. I enjoy getting more yeah. out of them that way. I'm not saying if you don't like that, it's wrong, but I do think it's fair to criticize the game for making those a bit too frustrating. I don't think they're too frustrating. I think it just requires more time and that's that you yeah. are personally frustrated and I can understand that and I, I can appreciate it and empathize with yeah, it and because I, you don't want to spend all it's... that time to memorize those levels. And I understand yeah. that completely, but other people like me do. So to say that's too frustrating, I don't think it's fair. To say it's too frustrating for people like me who don't want to sit there and memorize the levels, who that's not what they're about when they play games, sure, that's fine. I'm, I but can, I do, I can, Shay. 
I want to sit there and I want to memorize it and I want to get that then stuff. What are you complaining what are you about? Doing it's here? It's in. It feels. Okay, good luck on your quest getting this platinum shit. You tell me how much fun you had doing the level 17,000 times. I have literally zero desire to play this game, but just hearing Morgan complain about it is making me want to platinum it. It's it's unreal. It's, I think I would love that. I would build a I shrine to you, Josh, if you could somehow all three of us should platinum it. <laughs> Remember when we did Cuphead? Like, like, the last time like Morgan, Morgan complained about, about Cuphead so much <laughs> and was Dude, so Josh, proud of himself I for that that we literally all did it in secret? I would platinum Cuphead a hundred times before I tried to platinum this game. Mm. Really? Why don't you go do that? And until then, get off the show. Anyways. No. But no, no I'm, it, it, as far as like, I'm, I'm, I, I do think the way you frame it is really important. Because if it makes it feel like you're, you know, half-assing your way through a level, that's frustrating. And I'm not a big fan of that sort of framing. I, I really think probably the best that's been done in this situation is Celeste, be, mostly because of the way they handle the story, you feel like you finished the game, regardless of how many things you've collected the whole way through. They, they managed to frame it in a way that finishing the game is an accomplishment. But yeah. there is yeah. so much to collect in that game. Should you want to keep going, yeah. Yeah, so, so much. Um, and I, and I do agree with Morgan. really the... rewarding when you do get it, um, but it doesn't feel like you're missing out if you don't. It, it's, it's a weird sort of balance to, to, to hit there. And no, and I, I yeah. do agree, agree with Morgan. I, I'm not as like upset about it because I'm more willing to let those things go and move on and just keep enjoying the game. I, it is very in your face with what you missed, and I... I understand the frustration. I don't really feel it in the same way because it's not as affecting for me personally, but I get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and, and I, and I do too. I just, the, to, be to get clear, that hung up on it is, I guess, like I get being frustrated, but being that frustrated is what I don't get because well, you can skip it. And also, yeah, like you're saying, Rich, I don't quite feel the same way. Like when I see that, I'm like, oh shit, I got to get better. That's what I see. I don't see like, oh, this is an insurmountable challenge. I see, all right, I, I got to get better. I don't even look at that. I, I look at that and I can see the amount of time it would take and I'm like, oh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a good reason that that thing has like a, a 0% platinum completion. Because the game has been out insane. for four days. Um. But there are games that are out for one day that have a higher. Anyways, look, Shane, yeah, we, just, we want different things. Like I just, it's just in. Imp... There's it's shouldn't be achievements. Oh no! If people have it's, a platinum, it, look, the day some the of us want government out, handouts like Morgan. Fuck. A... I'm not saying the platinum isn't part of it, but in all fairness, like even if there was no platinum or achievements, let's say this was on the Switch, Josh, these goals would still be there. The relics, the gems, all that stuff. Yeah. That's just game completion. That's a, and it's just something that matters to me. But like if Shay said it didn't matter to him and he loved the game, I don't think his opinion is wrong. It's just we, it's just something that's important to me with my with certain platformers. So, um, and to be fair, Shay, I'm still recommending people buy the game when it's on sale. So, well, somebody's got to be wrong, and we need to figure out who it is. <laughs> <laughs> God, we need to move that's, on at this uh... point. Yeah, well, I, there yeah, are there's that, there are a few last things I want to say that are a little bit. There are a few last things I want to say about this before we move on from this topic, and it goes beyond what we were just talking about. I did encounter a bug, uh, a few bugs actually. Uh, sometimes war, uh, 
sometimes the level warps crash back to the beginning after dying despite hitting a checkpoint. I don't know if this happened to you guys. It happened to me about three times. Um, Never I don't happened know why. to me, though. I remember you bringing it up. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know why that happened. Um, um, another thing, the two other bugs that happened <laughs> to me. did you say? I don't know why you're bringing no, no, I said, I, no, I, I said I remember you bringing it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were being sarcastic. Didn't uh, I don't to me. know don't why you're bringing, bringing it up. It up. <laughs> I go, can we move on? No. <laughs> that should um, be our new tactic after... from now on. Have you tried liking it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> after defeating Cortex, uh, for some reason, my the audio and the video were were out of sync. Like, the video was playing and the audio was two seconds delayed. For some reason, I don't know why that happened. Um... One other th- thing that happened, it was completely random. It was a one-time thing, but um, mm-hmm. something happened to... I can't remember the exact lead-up to it, but I jumped to this other platform, and then the camera kind of just, like, got stuck, and I was supposed to keep ascending, like, doing these jumps and ascend, and the camera stayed there, so I couldn't check the depth. Like, the camera's usually... It follows Crash around, but it just stayed stagnant. And it was kind of viewing him as he was ascending this tower. And so, obviously, I died because I didn't know what the fuck was, like, where I was making the jump. It, it only happened to me one time. So, the the game isn't without its bugs. It hasn't been that egregious. Um, I will say that, though, that there are some bugs there. Uh, the last two things I do want to say is the... Uh, couch co-op is super fun. I I did it um, both by myself and with a friend, and it's really really Wait, really. Wait, how do you fun. play co-op by yourself? Uh, because you set like basically how it works is you go into a level and you play, and when you hit a checkpoint, I get what you're saying. I got the joke. Um, I got the joke. Don't worry. Uh, you hit you hit a checkpoint, and you're supposed to pass the controller off to the other player. So I did it by myself, oh, okay. and and then I uh, did it with a friend, and it's really really yeah. fun. Uh, it's a really really like, fun system. You can Super do it Mario both Brothers with... one co-op, in the sense that Luigi shows up as soon as one person dies. Yeah, pretty much. It, um, it's cool that they built that in. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it with time, and you can do it with collecting apples. Like you can do it as a battle, or you can do it as a team. Uh, I thought that was really cool. And uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Oh, I wanted to say on the previous topic, just briefly, the the relics, the time relics, not the perfect relic, but the time relics are just as difficult as the previous games. Like, it's not more difficult. It's not cool. less difficult. It's the same level. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I know because I've done all of the relics in the first three games on the remastered version because I wanted to uh, get the trophy. So <laughs> Wow. It is more difficult and- in this game. It's not, but anyways, um, the last Hold thing on, I will wait, say... Wait, hear me out, hear me real quickly, because you acknowledge yourself that the game is more difficult and the game is longer, therefore by association, there's there challenges... The transitive property. ...have to be more difficult. You would agree, Okay, right? sure. Anyways, um, <laughs> the last thing I will say is that uh, I loved, at the end of the game, the memorial, the memorial or the memoriam to Mel Winkler, who is the voice of the original Aku Aku Mask, who passed away earlier this year. Um, I loved that uh, memoriam to him at the end of the game. I thought that was a very, very beautiful, sweet touch. And uh, rest in peace. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, honestly, I don't think... I still think it's worth checking out for sure. And it's a gorgeous game, too, you know? And uh, 
if believe me, if there was a world where I could get the original Crash trilogy, but with this art style, ooh, I would be real happy about that. Well, they would still have the original live system, but whatever. Anyways, sounds like you really enjoyed it though, Shay. So that's cool. I'm happy. I know you're a huge Crash Bandicoot fan. I'm glad you really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, barring some of the things that we brought up for criticism that I think are completely fair, um, yeah. Yeah, I I definitely think that there are some things that they could have fine-tuned a little bit better. Uh, definitely the balance of certain collectibles would have been a big thing. Some of the side characters just don't feel... like I don't really feel incentive to play as some of them. It feels a little bit more of a chore. Yeah, but me too. overall, I think it is a beautiful, wonderful game. There is a ton of content here. Uh, it's I If I'm correct i might be incorrect I'd, I'd have to look it up again i think this is the longest crash game to date um it certainly feels that way with the longer levels and it there is are by a, lot a of levels. large margin has to be yeah yeah because some of those earlier games you could breeze through if you're decent enough at the game but this one felt like i was playing and playing and playing for a long time uh to morgan's point that some of the challenges are very very difficult in this game some of them feel much more difficult than previous games. Um, and I think there's just a lot here for everybody. I love the fact that they integrated couch co-op. I think that's going to be such a huge factor. Actually, one of my friends, she messaged me the other day. She's like, hey, do you have any games you could recommend that I could play with my significant other? Because we've been looking for more couch co-op games. I was like, actually, Crash Bandicoot 4 would be a great one. And um, yeah, I, I think there, I think there's a lot here for people who loved the um older trilogy and i'm not telling you anything you don't already know because you probably already picked it up but for any newcomers i think there is stuff here and i think it's kind of a cool window into um the ps1 era where a lot of these platform action adventure games were so big during that time and it's still modern enough to have fun and one thing i did forget to mention i apologize this is the last thing i'm going to say um my favorite level by far, and this is something I wanted to talk with you guys about, is the city parade level. I absolutely did not expect that I would love that level so much, and I don't entirely that, like, know like New Orleans why. designed level? Yes, I fucking gorgeous. loved yeah. it. I absolutely loved it. So, what was your guys' favorite level, if you can remember? Uh, I'm not quite done yet, so uh, I'm playing a lot of other games, Shay. Um, that's fine i understand uh, i really it's funny you actually mentioned that level because i did like that level quite a bit and i think it's the most unique aesthetic at least that i've seen so far in the game uh and then there's some levels that uh i feel like had some nice nice pacing to them in the the space area yeah, yeah. i honestly okay. i i enjoyed the first three worlds a lot and then it was sort of like a downhill slope for me but there were some moments the dino level is really cool memorable um i thought it was a bummer that the snow level with the the little polar bear you ride you only ride it for like 30 seconds at the end of this long kind of boring level and then you get like that classic ride um but yeah like there a was a good three minute sequence but 30 seconds all right it, no i not three minutes i don't know uh but no i that, honestly it, it, it depends on what you're trying to do with that because that one specifically actually gave me a lot of grief because i was trying to 100 percent get all the boxes and i eventually said fuck it i think i spent over an hour on that little segment trying to get all the boxes so, so it depends on what you're trying, trying to get the there. boxes and it was too hard so you said fuck it and there you go you agree with my criticism we're on the same page high five you got me hey 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 <laughs> fuck yeah fuck yeah uh, anyways 
uh, Crash Bandicoot. That's all we're going to talk about today. It is not 11.40. Rich, wake up! I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, okay. Don't tell me Should, what to do. Um, we have... Let's do one more game before we take a break. Um, Rich is going to be mad if we don't talk Baldur's Gate right away. I think we should. This is a big one. Um, at least we'll talk our first impressions, and then I yeah, want to talk to you guys um, about maybe a podcast down the road. Yes. Um, uh, I'll keep it brief for now, but uh, first, obviously, you and I have both been playing at Morgan. Thanks to, to Larian for hooking us up there. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 is something I've been waiting on for a long time as as uh, a big D&D guy, as a big guy on the previous two Baldur's Gate games, and obviously uh, Divinity Original Sin 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've play, put, put about 10 hours in so far. Um, put in about a solid six uh, as a halfling rogue, and then naturally as you do in these sort of Larian games, is you're like, I now I understand how it works, so I can really start playing it. And then you start it over, uh, <laughs> where I, I, I'm now, I was interested to learn Morgan and I are both playing as tiefling rangers. Yes. Um, I, I don't think you're terribly far just yet, Morgan. Um, so I am, I finished the entire like opening sequence and got to the beach cause I just got the code yesterday from Larian and, yes. um, I got, so I got through the opening sequence we were on the beach at the end. I have to say, as somebody who doesn't know much about those games, Rich, that opening uh, sequence is really It's a good cool. opening yeah. with the Mind Flayer ship. So I'm going to ask you a quick question here. Mind Flayer. Did you get okay. a brainy boy? That's a stranger thing. Oh, yeah, the little dog brain thing? I did, it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, an intellect devourer. Did you, you crippled him and you brought him with you? He, well, I didn't cripple him, but it's walking around with oh, me. Oh, like you're a, a fucking pain. idiot. Uh, <laughs> that thing's not a dog. You got you to gotta keep it in check. No, I no, severed that motherfucker's friends. frontal lobe. He's not going to throw on me. I saw an option. So it's weird. It's like, um, it's, how do we even talk about that without being... It's Dungeons and Dragons, Morgan. Um, it's like a brain with legs. I oh, guess. an intellect. Of, oh, you're still on that. Never mind. I thought uh, you meant the game. Yeah, it's a, it's oh, a, no, no. Yeah, for anyone who knows D&D, it's an intellect of our... It's okay. A, okay. a brain with, with legs and teeth and claws. Is that bad? So I should not be friends with this thing? Are you saying what? Oh my fucking god! Uh, it's no, devour my intellect. It's you can't. It's well, you have none, so you're safe. Um, <laughs> uh, they're servants of mind flayers. You're gonna be fighting a lot of those in this game because there is a lot of mind flayer uh, stuff at play in this game. The basic setup for Baldur's Gate Three is your character awakes on a um, a mind flayer ship. For those unfamiliar, Mind Flayers are these sort of like Cthulhu-looking squid monsters uh, yes. in D&D lore that do a lot of fun mind control stuff. Is that they and talked about in Stranger Things at the beginning of the first, like the Mind Flayers? Is that they talk about that a Gorgon, but oh. Mind Flayers are mentioned when they're playing D&D for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, that's where it sounds like. In the first scene, yeah, they mention them. Yeah. The very f- yeah, that's why I remember they're like playing. Yeah, it's a very well known D and D monster. Oh, it's cool, uh, Josh. In the opening cutscene, they put this little thing in your in someone's eyeball. It's like a little. It's got a bunch of little teeth. It's like a yeah, worm. That's what I was getting to. Like the matrix. So yeah, the <laughs> the main hook is that the mind flayers uh, implant you with a parasite that in D and D lore will slowly turn you into a mind flayer. All of the player characters in this game are people that are on that ship in the beginning. Um. When the game is finally out, and I'm sure at some point in early access, you will be able to choose to start the game as any of those prefab characters. 
Hmm. Uh, right now you have to do the create a character and you can find all those characters as people who can join your party. Um, but the opening sequence is basically you fighting your way, uh, through the ship as it's crashing. Yeah. Um, it, in a weird like Crash. twist, it can kind of move between the elemental planes in the land of the forgotten realm. So at one point you're literally not on the material plane and you're just fighting demons. Uh, so it's, it's actually a very bombastic intro. Yes, and then it's, it, it it's comes insane. to you landing on the beach. It's a little yeah. bit almost too bombastic because, like, when they jump to the other plane and the dragon people follow them into the other plane, I'm like, what's going on here? Why? How come they can shoot into this other plane and the dragon people can too? What's happening? Well, man, listen, it's Dungeons and Dragons. You just kind of <laughs> got to go with it. <laughs> like, um, so somebody, it's like, no, that's going to be really nerdy. I'm not going to say that. Um, I was you, just imagining. You think like you have a, somewhere below your current standing right now. Oh no, Josh, I'm <laughs> I'm dignified here. I don't know what you're talking uh, about. Yeah, my they're... nerd is threshed is tapped, tapped out. No, what I was gonna say. Okay, I'll just embarrass myself. Was that like I was imagining just like some kids are playing the game. And the the dungeon master is like, now you're in another realm. And they're like, oh, it's a shadow realm. Oh, oh god, he well, did no, have somewhere not... down to go. These kids. I, I thought he was at the bottom. I was wrong. It was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm wrong about. It. But that, that didn't make any sense. That's why I didn't say it, Josh. I didn't say it. But here we are. <laughs> um, no, it's, yeah, so why did they just jump into that other realm? Is there any specific, is that something we'll learn about later? Or Well, it's just not the material plane. It's just, again, yeah. that, that ship can jump, which is how it gets around. Like, that was the main point they were trying oh, to no, get Oh, no, the away. Mind Flayers, I got that, why he jumped, because he, he tied those two tentacles together and hit it like a guitar string, boing, and then suddenly, and then the dragons, did they just fall into the same hole, or did they have They the opened ability? their own. Okay, how how do they do that? I don't have time to explain uh, to you like uh, how magic works in this in the world of the Forgotten Realms. Um, just it's magic. Just go with it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I see where we're going. You're over. You're fucking over. They can open one of those portals once a day, Morgan. (laughs) Yeah. I see. I know what kind of game this is. If they've attuned, it's a. It's literally D and D five e. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Divinity Original Two Sin. uh, Divinity Original Sin Two is a deep-ass RPG that Larian made. They basically just took the bones of Divinity, and now they got to use uh, the the Baldur's bones Gate of license. D&D 5e. No, well, yes, the Baldur's Gate license, but D&D is the point. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and that was like, not pr- as present yeah, in um, Divinity. Well, not present at all, because okay. it, it doesn't take place in the Forgotten Realms. It takes place in the world of Divinity Original Sin. Um... This game is literally built on Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition. Oh, okay, I see. Like that's that, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, when this game is running checks in the background constantly, which is the thing that makes it oh, feel the okay. most like a digitized tabletop game. Like it'll tell you it's running stealth checks for you in the background and whether you're succeeding or failing. When you do a check, you literally roll a digital twenty sided yeah. die. Yeah, and it tells yeah. you what your modifiers are. You're building a character on five E. Oh, and it, I, I it love that shit. It's all like awesome. it was like something vital when I was talking to somebody. Like, do you want to save this person, or whatever? And it was like, let me roll a dice. <laughs> and it was like, nope. I was like, shit. Yeah, and you can um, choose when it's uh, applicable. What check you want to do? Because you might be able to, you know, use acrobatics or use strength for something. It, uh-huh. it like it just opens up how you play in such fun ways. How you have conversations in such fun ways. It's one of the only character creators I've ever used where when you're done creating your character, it goes, okay, now who do you want to fuck? And yeah, you have oh, to design that, a character that. that you would yeah. be attracted to. 
Oh, yeah, which is the problem because I made my first character the one I wanted to fuck, and then it asked me who I really wanted to fuck, and I was like, well, I wanted to fuck my first one, so should I make this one the person that I also want to fuck? So they kind of look the same. Well, all right. <laughs> um, I was going to say, by that logic, you should have made the person you want to fuck just look well, like that you. that explains the full house fandom. <laughs> yeah, so here we are. Um, the one thing I want to point out to people is it is a $60 entry fee. <laughs> um and this is an house. early access as early access game uh-huh. uh like it is rife with glitches sometimes i kill things and their, okay? their bodies just sporadically fly off screen which is hilarious i love it um why do you think they decided to take this route instead of like just kind of well, they've been up a little very more. upfront with it no, no, um, no. I, I'm just saying, like, why do you think they decided well, to Well, no, I'm saying I don't need to think about it. They've been very upfront with it. <laughs> God damn it, Rich. <laughs> like, they, they said why. I don't need to think about it. Um, they basically came out and said, you know, hey, we're building a game that's very large. It's going to take time to build. And we think the way to build it best is to work with the people playing it and take okay. active feedback yeah. while we work on it. Well, that's um, a good answer. That's the correct answer. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I wanted. I've had people kind of ask me how much game there is there. And it's a weird thing to think about because it's the first chapter of Baldur's Gate 3, which is going to be a three-chapter game. Okay. There's probably somewhere between 40 to 50 hours of content in here right now. Um, Jesus. But it's worth cool. noting that Divinity Original Sin 2, the first chapter is the shortest chapter in that game. So saying, oh, it's the first of three chapters doesn't really give you a baseline of how long it's going to be. This yeah, could very kind of well be... Yeah. It could be a third of the game. It could also be True. like twenty percent of it. True. Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. Um, I I really enjoyed it. so far. The combat for me is, you know, I'm very early on, so it's yeah. I haven't really had to do anything. Fancy. I'd like I us just... to. Um, I said this to you in private. I I think we should try and start a multiplayer run at some point just to see how it goes. Okay. I think that would okay. be fun. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, I want to see what this. I love the con- the conversations and stuff. Or take me back to those, you know, those early days of what it felt like to play a Mass Effect or a Dragon Age or something like that, where you have Man, all Man, those... you really need to just play D&D. I, yeah, I mean, dude, you would fucking love D&D, seriously. I'm not saying I wouldn't, but I'm just, yeah, I have no experience with it, so. This is, I'm playing D&D now, guys. I'm playing You are, you are playing 3. a digital version of D&D 5e that you can play alone. Woohoo. Anyway, Mind Flayers are cool. Like, they're cool ships, they're cool squid people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they... For some reason, they tie tentacles together and strum it like a guitar string, and it shoots them into other dimensions. So, that's cool. kind of what happened. <laughs> that's actually <laughs> based on reality. That's not. That's no. not a. That's not a D and D thing. That's yeah. That's the fact that you've never done that before is nothing short of ass and I. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's how the Avatar blue people had sex with their love cords, just tied them together. Love cords. Oh, love cords. Everybody. Um. Yeah. So, uh, of the first. It's telling Rich. Rich is making fun of me because I've been trying to play it without a mouse. Oh my um, god! On my laptop, so he literally he's like, "This is hard with the trackpad," and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Oh, no. I literally had to like use the arrows to turn the camera and stuff. Like I couldn't walk two feet without. It was very difficult. Um, so I was like, "I need to go buy. I need to go buy a mouse." Because uh, Morgan, I, I think, like I said, I was telling you, there's a huge learning curve in this game, and I think you'll get better at the combat as you go, and I think it does a decent job if you're willing to read of explaining things like how advantage and disadvantage work, um, which is, again, how they work in D&D 5e, quite, quite simply. If you're attacking with a ranged weapon, if you have the high ground, you're at advantage. 
if you have the low ground, you're at disadvantage. If you're attacking with a melee weapon, if you're behind an enemy, you're at advantage. And what that basically means, and how it is in fact translated in this, is if you were playing D&D 5e, Morgan, and mm -hmm. I told you, all right, you're like, I'm going to attack X enemy with my bow. And I tell you, okay, you have the high ground, so you're rolling at advantage. What that means then is when you go to roll for your attack, you get to roll twice and you get to keep the highest number. Okay. I'll forget that, but thank you. Well, you don't, it doesn't matter because the game's going to do it for you. So you don't need yeah, to remember exactly. it. Exactly. But it's important to note, like, if you're, attack you're playing as a ranger, so uh, a mm -hmm. bow is like your best friend. So, yeah. The first okay. thing you should do with that character, if possible in any combat situation, is get them to high ground. Get them to high ground because you want to have... Yeah, that because makes sense. now they're attacking at advantage. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. It's the best way to kill a Jedi. Exactly, yeah. I was thinking the uh, same thing. I sat on the <laughs> Don't character try creation... It. I sat on the character creation screen for like half an hour because it was very, very robust. Uh, and, and a lot of it's not there yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, this is overwhelming, but I love character creation, so I could yeah, just sit there all day. Like I was saying earlier, in the final game, you will have those prefabs that you can just play as, uh, that have like set backstories and a place in the world. I mm. think there's going to be more races in the final version. Uh, right now, you can play as a human, uh, an elf, a drow, a dwarf, a tiefling, um, halflings, and githyanki. Mm. Tieflings are well, dope. That's I am, what I am. Yeah. Morgan and I are both playing as Tiefling Rangers, actually. I gave mine like some like Tieflings thick, are almost, fucking like, awesome. dreads with horns and all oh, sorts of stuff. Oh, ab absolutely. Like, whenever people try to have that conversation with me, like, yeah, but like humans have an easier time in the world. I'm like, oh, people are nicer to you. I'm naturally resistant to fire. Hmm. Anyways, well, I would like to, if we can, because we normally do this when we get code, just to do like a specialty podcast thing. So we'll we'll talk about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk um, about that uh, once we put a little more time in. Shay also yeah. just reminded me that I once famously and would like to revive one day. Um, I would regularly in D and D play a tiefling character I made years ago, who was a tiefling warlock with the personality of a used car salesman named Steve Warlockstein. <laughs> You're. I think that needs to be brought back. How you doing? Steve Warlockstein. You want a magic carpet? You want a goblet? Hook you up. Bring it back. You want to make a so deal with it, a demon? I'm your man. Has it lived up to your dreams, Rich? Has it lived so up to So far, you? yeah. Um, uh, my main piece of advice to people so far, and this is just to put more in Larian's camp because I love their fucking games. Um, if you are looking for a more complete experience, I would say for now, just pick up Divinity 2 because that is one of the best rpgs in the past 10 years really oh man i need to play that then. and it's a hell of a lot of game that was one that we missed that was one that we missed cool true cool all right well that's uh boulders gate three our early impressions of that we'll see we have more coming let's take a quick break and then um we'll be back to talk uh some more games we'll get josh here to talk some stuff he's been playing and uh i'm sure i highlighted a bunch of games that i'm spacing on right now so we'll be right back what is up, Chomp Nation? This is Morgan here, also known as General Mountain Time. And look, I want to tell you today about our Patreon. That's right, Chomp Nation is growing every day. And if you enjoy what we do, whether it's the Chomp Cast, our social media, our YouTube channel, Twitter, 
anything we're doing out there, you can support us. And for just a couple bucks, you can help keep us alive. And honestly, our patrons have basically become family. And I want to go over a couple of the cool tiers we have if you want to support us. And if you don't, that's fine too. We're just happy that you download and check out the podcast. Um, our biggest and most popular tier we have is just $5. Five bucks, you get access to early spoiler casts. That's right, Chomping After Dark. You get those several weeks early. You get access to our top secret VIP Instagram page. That's right, on the podcast, you might hear me say, Hey, do you want to be a VIP member of the Chomp Cast? And you say, I sure do, I sure do. Well, guess what? Boom. That $5 tier makes you a VIP member. You get access to this secret Instagram page that has top secret videos and pictures and polls that only VIP members get. And those polls and those feedback questions that we get, if it's a question of the week, for example, are read on the show, we make you a part of what we do. Um, so go to patreon.com slash swordchomp. You can look for our $5 tier, which is probably our most popular. And then from there, it escalates. We have a $10 tier, a $20 tier for Skypes. There's a lot of great things. But just head on over to patreon.com slash swordchomp. Check it out. And if you want to support us, it would mean the world to me, Rich, Josh, and Shay, and everyone else out there in Chomp Nation. Until next time, General Mountain Time salutes you. And we are back with more of the Chomp Cast. So, Josh, you were mentioning that you had been playing a couple things. I am dead mm-hmm. inside. We're all dead inside, Josh. Yes. I'm meaning um, to pick that up as well. So I want to talk I am dead. Again, I'm not super familiar with this one other than when you sent us the sc- – you were playing it. I looked it up. Um, how did this get on your radar? Um – I can't remember exactly. I've been waiting for it for years. Um, I've been waiting for this and for... Uh, My father to come home with those cigarettes. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I've been waiting for this and for Eichenfell, which are the two games that came out yesterday. Same day. I've been waiting for them for years, and they came out the same day. Um, Weird. But I've, I've been waiting on Eichenfell because that one's more of a tactics RPG sort of a thing. So I'm, I'm like... Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I can knock out I Am Dead first, because that is, um, I'm trying to think of, of like, the genre that it would even be in. If if anything, it would be close to, like, a hidden item game, which is a weird sort of genre. An adventure game. Hidden item game? Okay. I, I guess. That, that's, that's a super popular genre books? for people who aren't hardcore gamers yeah are those like phone games hidden item games no no they are pc games that are consistently some of the top performing games on steam um oh they're essentially just just prop hunt yeah prop hunt but they're uh anyway this one is an interesting sort of take on that where you are playing as a ghost of a of a guy who just died recently uh, um and the the main mechanic of this you know find the find the item game is that yeah. since you are a ghost you can scroll back and forth through any object 
to see like what's inside it. Like there's a desk in front of you. You can kind of like pan the camera forward so you can eventually see through stuff. Um, oh. But not just that, you, like anything. Like, hey, there's a head of lettuce there. I can zoom in and see like each of the different layers of lettuce as I zoom through. Because you're dead? Because I'm, yeah, well, because of you could just, Phase through it. Phase through it if you wanted to. phase through it, okay. But the way it's presented in game is like, okay, I can can move this plane of what I can see through um, back and forth to kind of, to find stuff. Um, But you are, you are a recently deceased guy who is trying to find a replacement for the guardian of the island that you are on because apparently... um, the volcano on the island that you're on is about to erupt and uh to to prevent that from happening you need to find a new guardian because the old guardian has been there for you know several thousand years and she's getting really tired it's it's time for her to you know retire and have a have a new guardian to to help protect the island um and so you hmm. are trying to find other dead people other ghosts that are hanging around on the island and so you have to kind of find different objects that are attuned to these different people to to uh hopefully hopefully find the next guardian before this volcano erupts and destroys hoping that the next destroys this little this, this little town this little village to that jump you're home in. so it's moana mixed with necropriest got it i think you or, heard or, volcano or, and or mixed listening. with you know ghost trick which god ghost trick is amazing ghost trick is very good um, very tricky. It's it's not the same. It's not like Ghost Trick. Ghost like I, it's that, that's a <laughs> so different it's thing. Bad. Well, no, not that. But like Ghost <laughs> Trick is more of a puzzle game. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a ghost, and you can only manipulate a couple objects here and there, and you've got to try to prevent a murder. Yeah, this seems a little bit more open than that. Yes. Um. It is. It is really good. It's got some really good voice acting. Um, with it mostly british dialects like you've got a bunch of oh uh, god yeah well you have a bunch of mm. a bunch of different british dialects um for the different characters in in the game um it is it is just a relaxing thing just to kind of sit there and explore around this world that is really a really pretty, but really realized <laughs> because literally you can you can just look through everything. Yeah, that's so me, yeah. so the amount of detail that has to be there for that is is really cool and uh, um, yeah, it's just it's it's super relaxing. It's it's been really really a fun game a- to just sit down and and play with. Um, a lot of death in the indie space. Wasn't Spirit Fair sort of centered around that idea too? In a way, I mean, I know you're shepherding people through. Um, I don't know. It's just something I've, I've noticing. Mm-hmm. Know your market, so. man. I'm not going to pass up a chance to die. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't heard about that before. Um, Anapuma Interactive. Anapurna. Anapurna. They make. Well, they not make. They publish, they publish quite a. Lot basically, of every amazing indie game that's coming out. Well, not all of them. There's still a ton of good stuff. No, but they like, publish the Outer Worlds. They, 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 Wilds, I'm sorry. they have Outer had Wilds, a habit yeah. of publishing almost exclusively uh, amazing games. Fan- Gosh, I really like the Outer Worlds, too. Games. That's a great yeah. fucking game. I just recently purchased the vinyl of it. 
Mm-hmm. The Outer Worlds. Yeah, I did. The game had good music. That soundtrack is phenomenal. It's amazing. It's amazing. They, they, they because it's tied into the story. There's just there's so much depth to to anyway. Moving on to something completely, you know, tangential to what we were talking about. Space but, banjo. Yeah, but <laughs> yes, the soundtrack to Outer Wilds is outstanding. Here your folks first, folks. The soundtrack to Outer Wilds. Good. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, cool. And what was the other one you said you wanted to talk about? I saw it here in the chat. Um, The other one, I've been kind of waiting to talk about this. I played this weeks ago, but Rich was interested in it, but has not really had time to get into it. Had time to get back to it. Yeah. Uh, The other one is Raji, which is one that they showed off during the the Switch uh, treehouse thing, whatever they're calling it. over the summer, um, yeah, as one of the one of the games that was coming to the Switch, um, Raji, I remember that one. And it yeah. is a sort of, I'd almost say like Gears of War ish sort of thing. It's like the original Gear, not sorry, not Gears, God of War. I was very confused. I, I said like, Gears back, and um, but it that sort of really combat focused, um. Hey, we're gonna tell a story. Very linear. You're in a bunch of, you know, bunch of combat with a puzzle here or there. Sort of, sort of gameplay. It's very much early God of War, um, type of a setup for for this game. Um, with the the interesting thing about it being that it is all set in, um, Hindu mythology, um. Mm-hmm. By an Indian team that is yeah yeah like that's what I'm looking at here making it it's it's really cool because they're so you're actually saying it's like a Hindu god of war <laughs> it very much in in a lot of ways yeah in spirit yeah in spirit um the and again because so much of the focus is on the combat that's kinda where it becomes it's it's where it stumbles a little bit because the combat is um, not great. It's not great. Yeah, it's um, that's where it lost me. It just yeah, it became kind of a chore. It's it's an interesting idea they've got going on where basically all of your attacks for all the weapons you end up collecting through the game are built on this like three attack sort of system. Um, mm-hmm. Like every everything is on threes. You've got three different attacks for your heavy or your light that kind of cycle through as you go and you're in a chain, whichever, like you're, you're in an, in a loop. Um, so it's less about trying to remember a combo, like, okay, it's going to be square, square triangle or whatever. Kind of like, you know, every single, you did the one combo over and over again in God of War. This one's more like a, a rotation where wherever you are on this loop, depending on which button you push, it will do this specific attack or dodge or whatever for that thing so like you've got three different dodges you've got three different light attacks you've got three different heavy heavy attacks and if you decide to do any of those three while you're in that loop it will be kind of cycling around in it continually um which is a really cool idea in theory conceptually because like okay i'm gonna want to do like the jump dodge to like get me into the air to then do like this heavy attack or whatever after that it's a really cool idea 
Um, but in practice, it just it doesn't it doesn't end up working all that well. Um, for the most part, it feels like enemies can attack too fast to really take advantage of your of the way your own movement set works. Um, so you end up using whatever the fastest attack is that you've got mm. at any given time because the other options just don't have enough time to land. Um, and that's, yeah. it kind of ends up feeling like that Weird. from the beginning to end, which is like, it feels like there are so many amazing ideas in this game that just don't that just quite not work. Um, it's crazy that they, yeah, how did that, how does that happen? You know, like makes you wonder if it was just too late and they couldn't fix it. Cause you think they would have realized that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and some of them work better than others because again, you end up with, um, four weapons by the time you finish the game that you, they kind of want you like four weapons. And then you've got different elemental effects that you can attach to each one. That'll kind of yeah. diff- change the way they play a little bit. Um, like it's it's a bunch of really really good ideas, but in practice, it ends up feeling like just use whatever will hit the soonest because you need to make sure your attack will land before an enemy hits you. Um, and subsequently, combat doesn't feel great. Because yeah, of it. because it, because you're trying to make sure that your attack will land, you end up using the same couple attacks over and over again instead of really mixing it up. And it feels like there should be way more variety given the mm. system that they've got there. It's like, it's, it was disappointing is kind of where I'd put that. Like it's, it, the, the story is really cool. It's like, it's again, it's, it's more, much more straightforward lore as far as the, the mythology is concerned. Yeah. Um, where you're like a tertiary character kind of interacting with this world where the world is exactly the the way it is in the mythology but you're just kind of hey there's an extra character here you you have your reasoning for being there and you have your own motivations and stuff but But you're not like a major player in well it's it's more about like you're kind of seeing these events unfold around you and like they talk about the history of the gods and when this happened and when that happened but it's really more about the gods happen to think you're worthy of something, so they're blessing you to to aid you in your quest. Yeah, and by the time you get to the end of the game, it all again going back to God of War, it feels an awful lot like the new God of War, where it's essentially it's the first chapter, it's it's the first act of a three act thing, uh, okay. which is kind of the frustrating thing. You get to the end, you you feel like like they. Th- it's set up for a sequel, obviously, but again, just like the new God of War, it feels like it's less a sequel than we just didn't finish the story. Part two, yeah. Yeah. But mm. that said, there's so much interesting things here that even though I was not a huge fan of the combat, it was it was still really fun to go through. Um, what, are, what are you playing on PC? I play, I play the Switch version because the Switch version... Okay. Um, came out sooner sooner. like it was out as soon as the nintendo conference was over it it was out a while back like i was i picked it up a while back and i just kind of put it down and never got around to it again Mm -hmm. that's what threw me off because they were like launching i was checking out the page that said launching in five days i'm like what yeah yeah the switch version was out immediately and then the pc version was supposed to come out you know later that year so 
Yeah, it's a shame that you'd have to be a smaller game because, well, I don't know. I think we're living in a world where you might be able to get a story like that because uh, it's always like the more generic like Greek mythology and stuff because they know that's what sells, right? So Yeah, I thought it was really cool I'd... that because, again, I mean, I think most of the exposure people get to Hindu, Hindu mythology is through like Final Fantasy, so... Obviously, yeah. me, you think Shiva has, Kelly, you know, but, yeah. just the best, but just the best tits that are just constantly hanging out, which makes no fucking sense <laughs> oh, in Hindu tits. mythology. Um, Edit that out, please. So it's, no. it's, it's actually, it's really fun that the, that you are seeing Hindu mythology as it is instead of kind of this bastardization of it that Look. we get with basically all yes. the other references. The, the Look, true, the purest of the clearly mythology. no. Yeah. Do you guys not play Uncharted Lost Legacy? It's <laughs> a really no. cool Ganesh statue. Mm-hmm. Really, I, I didn't like that game very much. God, um, why do you like just walking around being wrong all the time? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd need to go get another. I, I don't. If I had a better villain, I think I would have given best it a Uncharted shot. game. It's really good. Anyway. Um, Next topic. Every podcast you stray me further from. I've God. said that, Josh. Can you attest that I've said that before? On not you only... have said that before, but I always block it out. But I couldn't block it out this time. Mm-hmm. No, it's really good. It's it's solid, solid because it's like the one, not the one part. There's tons of good parts in Uncharted Four. Like I love that game, but the part in Uncharted Four that you really wanted to just go on and on goes on and on in Lost Legacy. Yeah. It's a tighter, more cohesive experience. Maybe uh, maybe the next Last of Us game will literally just be two people on horseback exploring. How about that? Isn't that what the last one was? Um, It'd be interesting because instead of being a part that doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the story, if they had to focus the story around the part that was the most interesting, it'd be really cool. Seemed like an interesting choice, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Not gonna take that bait. Um, well, that's good, Josh. I'm uh, glad that you have played and enjoyed those. Don't have games. time for you to take that bait. <laughs> we only have one more thing that we need to briefly get to before the polls, uh, the wrap of the show, and that's Mario 35. Has anybody played Super Mario Brothers 35? I came in second. I will no longer be taking any questions about Mario 35. <laughs> came in second through your Switch. It broke, and now you're done. You've retired. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that thing's cool. I'll keep coming back to it in the same way. Uh, I had. Tetris 99. I mean, I don't really think I have any astonishing thoughts on it. It's neat. I'm not as in love with it as I thought I would be, but I will say that I like I like the matches. I like the pace of the matches until the end. For some reason when I get to like lose. a top Well, whenever I get to like the last few people, it's just it's just very weird the flow of of what happens. It and I was watching the people that won ahead of me and they were going forever. Like I just spectated them and they were just they That's kept going. The difference between this and Tetris, when you're down to like two to three people, it goes on for a long yeah. time. Mm. Which is odd, right? Like not really. I, I mean like, if you have these if you have people who are really good at Mario, I guess it's gonna go on forever. But that, that's just it though. It's not odd. This isn't a game that was initially built for something like this. You don't think they've sort of rebuilt and restructured? I don't think they just slapped like well, the Well they old didn't code. restructure it. They just made it so like it funnels more enemies in. But if you're yeah, but really that's good true, but... at Mario and you really know those levels, like you're still working with the bones of Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, and I you, I forget you forget how weird that one feels, but yeah, if you're if you're really good and really familiar, it is cool. You can still get to like all those secret locations, like in one two with the pipes and everything. I kept going there and going back to the first level because it was the easiest. Um, my strategy is basically yeah, I just got like a flower um, and just started shooting fireballs at everyone um, like crazy and going really slow through the level, and that would service me pretty well until there was just a few people left. Um, any any tactics? Any pro tips for me? I want to be the best. Get good. Uh, oh, thank you, Rich. <laughs> Avoid the underwater levels because they will fucking kill your time. I haven't even been to an underwater level yet, so. Oh, so you're bad. Yeah, I got to one where there was a Bowser <laughs> that I had to avoid. I was like, "What the oh, fuck?" Oh, you there haven't. A... Oh, you haven't gotten to multiple Bowsers. No, no, dude. You, I feel if like if you scrub. last for a long wow. time, you'll have like three Bowsers in one one chasing you. What? That sounds that sounds great. It's fucking um, terrible. Wow. <laughs> it's terrifying. I'm going to have to send you some videos of like top end play cuz it is insane cuz it's Morgan, literally like it's insane. Yeah. Nothing but Bowser's really? just all just over hang- the place. Yeah, literally like exactly what I'm describing uh Josh, I had exactly I had four Bowser's on like that initial cluster of question mark blocks in 1/1. One mm-hmm. one. What? That is amazing. Yeah, that it gets to the point where See, literally cool. yeah. you are bouncing from enemy to enemy to enemy, enemy to enemy. Morgan, when you're done here, Just period. Uh, go to the internet and type <laughs> in two Bowsers, one cup. Oh it's no, crazy. no, 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 no. I'm sorry. You're doing it no, right don't, now. don't do that. That's, Ooh, yeah. I just want to know don't what's going to come up. That. You don't, you don't want to search that, Morgan. This He's trying to bait you for. You want to um, see the really high end? The baiting's already it's begun. Three if you get my drift. and a you, sandbox. You need to search Bowser Party. Bowser Party. Uh, so go on over to reallifelemonparty.com. I, I heard it was uh, four Bowser's finger paint. That's cute. <laughs> that, that, that's that was the weirdest calm, like awkward pause, and that's cute. <laughs> one Bowser, one jar. <laughs> Next topic. One Bowser, Next two topic. shells. Um. Anyways, so let's. Uh, yeah, it's it seems cool. I was kind of hoping I'd be more in love with it than I was because of, because of the concept, but it it seems. You didn't cool. love Mario Thirty Five. You loved the idea of Mario Thirty Five. Yeah, like I said, I. Yeah, exactly. And I also thought I was better at video games, and I'm always constantly reminded that I'm not. So. Welcome to my hell. Um, yeah, let's see. We got a bunch of fun polls to run through, and I I can talk about one of the games I want to talk about during one of those polls. So let's just uh, take a quick break, our final break, and then come back with the polls. Ladies and gentlemen, this commercial is brought to you by Chomping After Dark, our brand new podcast where we deep dive on video games, talking about the story in full detail. That's right. But we don't just talk about games. We've also talked about many wonderful movies. We talk about things from AAA titles to indie darlings to movies that just plain made us laugh. Yes, we are still waiting for the cat's butthole cut. If you want to check it out, please head over to swordchomp.com or any of the major podcast apps where you listen to podcasts. And if you feel like dang, I just want to get this podcast two weeks early, head over to patreon.com slash swordchomp where you can get access to Chomping After Dark two weeks early. 
All right, and we are back. Let's round up the show, ladies and gentlemen. <sighs> okay, so we got some good polls, guys. Um, shit's about to get crazy. All right, doubt. <laughs> shit's about to. It's just about to get popping. Um, pop, by the way, I am pop. gonna put. I am putting oh, that Mike Pence. I am putting that Mike Pence pull up next week, so just get ready, prepare yourself. Does he look like a thrall of an evil thrall? That fly was really, really ominous. Um, got the word right. I didn't say it wrong, did I? No, ominous. no, yeah, you, you, you used, it. used it wrong. All right, so the poll day picture was Jeff Keeley and Crash Bandicoot hanging out, uh, wearing masks. Looking adorable, um, Jeff Keeley. He just he just he has looks like he has a great fucking life. Is Crash Four too hard? Seventy five percent of the audience said no. I love the pain. They love the pain. Give it to me. Pain is in these days, guys. People love pain. Slap them around. Never met a date that didn't want to be choked. Um, Dennis Villanueva, Dennis Villanueva's Dune. So I had a stroke. Dennis Villanueva's Dune is delayed. Talked about that a couple weeks ago. Even though they just released the trailer a couple weeks back, it is not going to make it out this year. And it was delayed. So very, very sad news. Zendaya, Javier Bardem, I will not be. Risking the coronavirus to see you blow my well, mind. Yeah, but only because you're well, not I mean, allowed you, to. You might still be at this rate, given. Yeah. Is the Wonder Woman movie still coming out? I think that one's still set to come out. So No idea. That one is going to be moving to streaming. I did see that the other day. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. It'll Man, be available online. Stream. Uh, Dune is an experience meant for theaters. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably true. You really need the Dolby surround sound to really appreciate the sandworm scene. <laughs> uh, I don't like your tone, Rich. I don't like your tone. I don't like it either, but the doctor says he can't do anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, are you indecisive? 57% of our audience said, maybe I am. Uh, and the other 43 said, um, are you guys indecisive? I feel like I Oh, no, am. shut up. <laughs> I mean, technically, you just decided that he needed to be quiet. Progress. <laughs> and now you know what Josh sounds like when he ejaculates. That's exactly what I was going to say, Morgan. I was like, now you just got a prime window opportunity into when Josh is coming. Guys, holy shit. Did you just hear that beluga whale? (laughs) Uh, Most inspiring redemption story. uh, No Man's Sky, 57% of the votes. Final Fantasy XIV, 43% of the votes. Uh, Both very inspiring redemption stories. Sounds like a lot of people didn't play Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, I did end up getting the platinum, and I did play Origins for posterity's sake, because um, I was actually going back to get the platinum, but recently, but I just couldn't get into it because I just played so much of that game, and I was felt like I was just tired of seeing kind of the similar stuff. So, but when the Origins uh, update dropped, and everyone was like, "Oh, they're doubling the 
the basically the randomization in the game. I'm like, I'm going to put this to the test and see if it's true. So I jumped back into the game to kind of test it out for the podcast. And uh, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. Yeah, I would say that I saw a ton of new environments. I saw a solid amount of good creatures. I, I'm making a video putting it all together right now. I saw a bunch of <laughs> I saw a bunch of big weird like beetles. I saw all sorts of crazy flora. And, Did they like, perform Hey Jude? And, but they, yeah, they the Beatles got together Take and played a Hey sad Jude. Song this is the galactic version of Hey Jude. You better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then, then you can, can start to make it better. That was beautiful, and we can't sing anymore. Or we'll get taken down for copyright because we were so on pitch. It's true. Yeah, it's true. No, that's gonna be yeah. flagged by all the algorithms. There's, there's no Remember way that's when, gonna be missed. Remember when Paul McCartney yeah. did the Destiny song? Does oh God, that? that was a um, nightmare. Try, I try still, not to. I that still that song to this day will score nightmares that I have. For the record, they really made a mistake. What they should have done was had Peter Dinklage do the song and have oh, Paul yeah. McCartney be the ghost. Right? <laughs> uh, like, what should I do, ghost? Peter I don't know, Guardian. My... <laughs> oh, Are you talking man. about the direwolf ghost? <sighs> what? No, oh, the, Destiny, there's these little uh, it robots. A joke. That it, was fly a joke. it was a joke. It was a joke. It was oh. a joke. It was a joke. Oh, from the Game of Thrones? <laughs> it's been so long since Peter I've Dinklage? thought about Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it now. Yeah. All right. So yes. Uh, anyways, yeah, Shay. And as much as I gave you shit about your One Piece thing, um, you know, I tried to apply that. Saying I also was like, hey, I love No Man's Sky so much, but here I am without the platinum. I should put my money where my mouth is. So I I went out and got it, and the update made that easier because there was just a lot more fun, new, interesting randomizations to look at, and I didn't feel as burnt out on all the weird yeah. new creatures and stuff like that. So. That's cool, uh, man. Yeah. I'm I'm really glad you got back into it. Like your shit of giving me your shit giving to me of One Piece. That's what I wanted to say. Got to it. Um, actually prompted me to get back into watching it again. I like I told you guys, I've watched 20 episodes in the past few days. Um, Which I've been texting Rich about it all week. Yeah, because I love talking to people about One Piece. There you Which go. I just Fucking I just sent you guys a show. meme in the what in the WhatsApp because I feel personally attacked. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I've gotten farther and farther behind on that because I decided it'd be good to catch the rest of the family up on one piece. So you'll finish it in a couple of years. Well, the the issue being that anytime I want to start to catch up, I've got to get everyone together to catch up as a group. Yeah. So, yeah, like nearly caught up and I'm like, you know what? Maybe the rest of the family should be in on this. And so we completely start over and it, yeah, I'm just really waiting for Shay to get to the moment in the whole cake arc where I think Brooke has his best fight of the entire series thus far. And I, I fucking love that episode so much. Brooke needs an epic fight. um, He hasn't had one yet. Yeah. They did a great job with the, he deserves origins. God damn it. He's the Soul King, baby. Oops, all anime. Oops, um, all anime. 
I would say to uh, Hello Games and Sean Marine team, they did a great job with the Origins update. It's probably one of the more exciting ones for me yet. But as of right now with the game, it's still, I think the biggest issue is it is a little, it's, there's, they've jammed so much into it over the, all these, you know, five years that it's a little buggy. It's, it's very kind of like, even on my pro, at least I can't speak for other systems where it may run a lot better. Like the pop in was in certain planets, like an animal would be like right in front of me and it would take like a long time to load in and animals can sometimes obviously spawn in funky ways. Like, like eight giant dinosaurs spawn in like a, area the size of a bathtub and there's you know it's just a little yeah, it's, it's that way on everything so much. like even on pc it'll it'll do the same sort of thing like just the well, the okay. spawning is very iffy and has I been i think it's for just the nature of the way those worlds are built yeah you well, know yeah, and some of that stuff is not i was to say anything to, to me it's just if i was to say anything to sean murray i'd say watch one piece I think I would definitely tell him that too because yep. there's so many interesting creatures I think, in flora you know and fauna. I think he could get some real interest in uh, ideas for his video game No Man's Sky that I've just learned is I'm not going a band. to. I think after every future uh, evoking the sublime interview, I'm, my last question is going to be like, last question: Have you ever watched One Piece? Would you consider watching it? That's when it's revealed. I've been in the Skype call the entire time. Mm. <laughs> Oops, all anime. <sighs> anyway, someday, Rich, you'll actually do that platinum. podcast. Really enjoyed it. Um, maybe I wonder if they'll do like a, I wonder if they'll polish it up for the PS5. That'd be cool if they did something like that. Who knows? Who knows where they? It feels like they kind of completed the arc. I wonder if they're done. I wonder if they're just gonna polish it for PS5. If in some ways, if this had launched on the PS5, it would have been beautiful as well. But. Because it would have been like doubling the randomization, and it would have been if they po- polished it, ray, add ray tracing, all this cool next gen stuff, you know, for consoles, it would be, it could be cool. Well, you don't think <laughs> you don't want ray tracing on your uh, weird alien flowers and stuff? I do. I think I do at least. Yeah. <laughs> ray tracing those things where I think I know I want it. People say it's good, right? Ray tracing's good. Not, no, not really. At least Ray says that. Yeah. yeah, but like, I think he should really learn how to do it freehand. Mm. <laughs> I mean, tracing is something we all learned how to do in elementary school. I had one of those uh, desks, uh, like a, like with the light box with the in light, the bottom. Yeah, with the light. Yeah, yeah, those yeah, classic. Cool. Yeah, that. But bugs would get in there, and then there'd be dead bugs on the. No, nah, I didn't live in squalor. What? Well, I lived in Florida, so like oh, the box no, would, no, the no, box. No, okay. we, we get it now. It's, yeah. How old were you when you got U.S. citizenship? <laughs> there's, there's, there's dinosaurs in Florida, Dwight. Yeah, the bugs really dinosaurs. aren't too bad of a, an issue. It's you, you got to make sure that the crocodiles don't, you know, try to get in there to stay warm next to the uh, the tracing light. It's yeah, it's just a or state with lizards that can eat dogs. Like, why would you want to live there? Hmm. Very sad when people pass, uh, pass those videos around the internet, too, of dogs being eaten by alligators. It really upsets me when people do well, that. Well, mm. uh, I've seen people post them around in good faith. There's so like, many hey, better ways to cook a dog. You need to, oh my god, <laughs> you need to, you need to, like, not leave your fucking pets out wandering when there's goddamn fucking crocodiles and shit. You know, Wise what would make, from rich. you know what would probably make you feel better, Morgan, is if uh, you watched that new episode of One Piece where Luffy punches that guy in the oh. face with a gamu gamu no. 
when Frankie fights the the Mr. Pink. Great episode. I think I'm having when Frankie fights. I feel like I'm having a stroke. I feel like, no, no, um, you are. Frankie fights Mr. Pink. Well, on that note, um, I think we should go. I think we should leave. I think you should go we, too. I think we should say goodbye. We have things to do. It's late. Um, so I do want to th- farewell. Every do, do, say do. I do. I do want to thank I all do. of I do to you and you and you. Chomp Nation for hanging in there. Thank you, Josh, for joining us from Michigan. Uh, Shay for joining us from Japan. Shay joining us from Japan. Sorry, it's late. Rich joining us from New York. And, of course, I'm Morgan. I'm joining here from Montana. A lot of joining happening. You're joining. I'm joining. We're all joining together. We've been here for like four hours. Can we and dock? We're starting to lose it. So, um, Anyway, we love you. Thanks for checking out the show. If this is your first one. We have four years of podcasts. You should go check them out. We'll be back next week with an all-new Chomcast. Believe it or not, these come out every week. Make sure you check out my Crash Bandicoot review at SwordChomp.com. Make sure you check out One Piece. (laughs) Check out the... Get get back to us in four years when you finish that. Check out Chase Peace. It's on the uh, VIP Instagram. Shout out to Jinbei. Jimbo. Thanks for checking out the show. We'll see you next.